Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, and making his triumphant return into the house that the podcast built is none other than Bradley Hey, hey. Appearing live, Dikembe Mutombo. Hi, hi guys. Hey, Brad. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, how's your filming you, going, buddy? Are you cold? You look cold. No, I've got these gloves that you can actually operate electronics through. So, oh no way! Yeah, I got them as a like white those... elephant gift at my company Christmas party. Really? Wait, and you, <laughs> like it was white elephant, but you opened them and were like, "Holy shit! J- crazy Japan phone gloves. Those are cool." Yeah, I was like, "I, I hope no a white elephant gift that actually you can use." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, funny. Yeah. The one of Laura's friends is having a white <laughs> elephant New Year's Eve party, and yeah. I'm going to give her Qdoba. Em- embroidered gloves to give out <laughs> as a gift. Nice. Yeah. I brought uh, these uh, from Target, like toffee pretzel sticks, and Adam actually picked them. <laughs> nice. And kept them. Nice. That's funny. So, so uh, what you been up to, Brad? I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, uh, been working on stuff, and uh, yeah. Tell me about Batman. Yeah, you oh, finally, you finally okay. just oh, the yeah, Batman games. Thing I, I, was, I was so consumed with work, I forgot that actually a big chunk of why I I missed uh, stuff and not got a lot done is because I finally got a PS3. Yeah. And uh, Markham Asylum came. <coughs> and so I started playing that. In about three days, I beat it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, total, not over, over consecutively, but yeah, um, that game is amazing. It's like yep. already one of my top ten games of all time. Yeah, I told yeah. you. No, it's great. Yeah. And so I was in like in a hurry to start playing Arkham City because I had the whole week off. I yeah. Had vacation week off. And that and game takes some more time because there is so much more city in that game. Right. Uh, My plan city. was like, I'll beat Arkham Asylum on this vacation. I'll finally beat Skyward Sword. I'll start oh, playing yeah. Arkham City. Hopefully, beat that too. And within like, I think I've been playing Arkham City for about four or five hours. <laughs> and I was like, I have to put this down because I will not do anything else this week. <laughs> and the yeah. game is too big, and I don't know when I'll ever get back to it because it's, it's huge. just like within the first, you know, two or three hours, I'm doing the main storyline. I'm doing these phone calls from Zaz, mm-hmm. Deadshot just shot this guy on a tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bane wants me to find all these crates of Titan mm-hmm. venom. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Poison well, Ivy's still doing something that I, I'm, as, I'm mm-hmm. playing as Catwoman. Yep. Yeah. And that's, the Catwoman sections are really cool, I think. I like climbing on the ceiling. Yeah, and everywhere I go, there's like Riddler things everywhere. And one of the yep. things is like I'm a completist, so oh, I have don't, to do like every don't, little thing. Don't, it's the worst. And it's, so like after I beat Arkham Asylum, like I did, no, I've, got all the Riddler trophies before I beat Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But Arkham City, like, they're, they're not even hiding them. Like, they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and there's, it's insane. But you will have to beat Arkham City to get them all. Oh, yeah. Because he has to upgrade certain weapons, mm-hmm. and you can only do it after you beat the game. And yeah. you go back and do, like, open world exploring. Yeah, and he's already invited me to the church. I'm like, I don't want... I don't need st- another thing. No, you still have <laughs> long to go. Oh, yeah. The church well, because is- what that game does is it, like... Well, it's it, about 20 it, hours, I think, the game, if you play it like, Yeah, if you played it pretty straight, yeah. It's like 20 um, hours. But, you know, what the, What you're in now is they're just introducing you to all, like, the little the little side quest things. So, yeah, it does feel like there's a lot of stuff. But if you if you sort of mainline it and do the side quests, like, when you're in those sections of the city, I think you'll you'll have more fun than if you try to, like, do all, you know, yeah. do every... And, you know, I, and, like, I, everyone has thing. a gun. I used to be like, a completionist <laughs> like that, too, and it's... After like Assassin's Creed Two, where I completed that game, I was like, no. And when I got the city, like those Riddler trophies are insane. 
Like there are so many. And you of have them. to beat it too because there's only there's some Riddler trophies you can only get with Catwoman. And you oh, can yeah. only do yeah. open world I with figured. Catwoman after you beat the I'm game. Sure there's probably mm-hmm. ones you can only do as Nightwing and Robin too, right? Yep. Yeah. Are they really? Oh yeah, he has you have the game of the year edition. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have the all DLC on oh, it. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So yeah, you have to beat it with Batman and then you can go and change characters and then get to spots because in that game the pink ones are the Catwoman ones. Yeah. So So I come across those and I'm like I can't get them and yeah. they're like mocks me for it. Here's what I would be afraid of is that like as much as you love Batman, if you play that game and you try to completionist it in the first, like, or mostly <laughs> first in the first time, it, the gameplay will wear you out. Yeah, it's like, already, like, everyone has a gun, mostly, yeah. like, every criminal. Yeah. The only ones that don't are, like, the ones who, like, because I have to be Batman, so if I hear, help, help, this guy's punching me, oh, no, I have yeah. to deviate from what I'm doing immediately. You've mm-hmm. got to do that. No, because yeah. that's, that's like, so much of what the fun of that game is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I would hate for you to, by the time you get to the end, be so tired of the game, you know, that you don't really enjoy. Because the, the story they're telling you is really, you're going to love it. Oh, the story's great. Yeah, you're going to really yeah, love it. So amazing. I will encourage you to, you know, leave some of the completionist stuff until after you've finished the main line. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's incredible. All I'm saying. I would yeah, definitely do great. the linear part and then go back and, yeah. and do because Especially the Riddler trophies. Yeah, because then you also upgrade and you can destroy those fucking gangs. Like, by when you get to the end and you go back through those those gangs you'll just tear them apart because yeah. you have so much so you're so much stronger than them the last thing that wore me out was like i had to go into like the subway system and there's like oh yeah under the yeah. glass ceiling or whatever yep. they yep. all have these rifles uh-huh. and i'm just like sitting on i was sitting on these perches for like a good half hour just studying which ways they Wait, go because, why because they're all like dead shot like crack shots yeah yeah they're all the, they're all the snipers yeah they can oh, snipe yeah. me so i was just like wow 30 minutes yeah you just, can throw your battering yeah, but then they know I'm up there, and they just shoot in that direction. So yeah. I would I would just sneak around and go through all these tunnels and come out and just, like, just kind of figure out and just wait for one of them to just deviate. Yeah. And then I would track him down quietly, like snuff him out, then come back and then wait for like another 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> See, you're crazy. Oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> See, uh, you know I, I mean, I as satisfying as that is when you yeah. get it right, like, oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a fast way to do it. You said when you throw the battering, they know where you're at. Throw the battering, and as you're, it's throwing and hitting its target, swoop to another gargoyle. And they'll focus on that gargoyle and then yeah. just sweep down and get them. Yeah, mm-hmm. what you really want to do is like stir the pot a little bit so that they go in different places and then pick off the weak ones that are that, that aren't reacting as well. Yeah. You know? So like you you know, you take out one dude and like you hang him there. So the other dudes see him, yeah. you know, and then you go hide somewhere and else and everybody else is like, What the fuck is going on? And then the one guy yeah. that's over like, What are those guys crazy? What why what are they doing? Bam, you get that yeah, guy. I did that a lot in asylum, like well, hanging yeah. people, but in city it's just like all the criminals are so much more yeah, smart. But yeah. remember oh, yeah. too, in those games, that the more you hang them, like you, like James was saying, you get one guy and hang them down, their heart rate goes faster. Yeah, and so they're dumber. So oh. you can, so you can, yeah, yeah. you can take them out easier. Yeah. Okay. So find James, right? Find the weak one, and that's what I mean. Like, and then throw a battering, and then and the, if you listen to them, they'll go, "What's going on here? Who's yeah. here?" And they'll start shooting randomly. Yeah. And then you can start picking them off. Yeah. Because then you, yeah, then you go hide in advance. Because you wait for him to walk Arkham by. Arkham City also has, um, what is it called, the Bat Files or something, and you have to complete these certain <sighs> missions and knock these guys out certain ways. And oh yeah, that's I right. forget what it's called, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much in that game. Yeah, that game's it's awesome. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Well, it's good to have you back, Brad. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks, on the guys. show. Yeah. Hey, James. Hi. Are are we a video game podcast? <laughs> yeah. I, I what would, are we What are we doing? Here, I did Ryan? post two reviews for video games this week. I know. It's cool. I enjoyed them. I've been playing a lot of video games, too. Yeah. I've been getting uh, really back into my video games because I got a Wii U. Oh, yeah. So I've been playing. I'm, I'm 
I'm pretty far in Wind Waker right now. Um, I love that game. Yeah, and the HD That's the one version with the boats, is right? so yeah, so freaking beautiful. I haven't plugged mine in yet, but I'll get to it. <laughs> I, uh, I've been too busy with the. Yeah, I I was playing a lot of boats because I was playing a lot of Assassin's Creed, but mm-hmm. then I've been so busy with. Uh, trying to see as many movies as possible before the end of the year. Oh, that's right. We're a movie podcast. Oh, my God. What? Uh, Yeah, every week. This time of year more than any other. Every week we go see a new movie. This week we saw two movies. Brad, you saw Anchorman, right? I did. Okay, cool. Two at least. Uh, We saw two this week in the theaters that we'll be reviewing for you tonight. We saw Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. We also saw Saving Mr. Banks, and we'll also be reviewing them. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned until the end of the show. This one's going to be a little more difficult for you to hear the trailer and skip because we're going to yeah. do Anchorman and then we'll review Mr. Banks. Um, so they will be broken up. Uh, but stay tuned. We spoil them. But we do say if you should see them or not. And we also talk about movies we've been seeing. Uh, I read a comic book this week that might surprise you guys. Um, maybe Probably not when I tell you what it is. And then uh, I might suggest that we sw- uh, review Saving Mr. Banks first because I don't know that we could spoil as much about that movie, but Anchorman... When we talk about that movie, you know, people who want cool. to see Anchorman should not listen to what we say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll do the uh, we'll do Saving Mr. Banks first, then Anchorman. Yeah. I'm uh, just... We also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, upcoming movies, box office numbers, big movie podcast. But if you didn't know this about us already, we're huge nerds. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff. Um, I have a few announcements to make, guys. Oh, good. I I was at the grocery store. This week, or it was last week, and Laura always wants a Sunday paper because she always wants to clip coupons. Oh, you know? I, thought, like, I thought because she was 62 and likes to read the news a day and a half behind. <laughs> I still like the sports page. Um, but anyways, so the guy who is selling the newspapers actually ended up just getting a subscription for Sunday papers instead of having to go out and get them every Sunday. Oh, yeah. Because it's like seven bucks a month. Yeah. Um, so I I was wearing my Manning jersey and my Broncos hat. <laughs> And he says, hey, you a Broncos fan? I said, yeah, dude. I love the Broncos. It's Denver. Uh, my, my grandfather has had season tickets since the Broncos first came to Denver, so since 1960. Um, and so he's just asked me some questions about the Broncos. And um, what's really cool about him is I found out he wrote a book. And it is called uh, The NFL Since 1970. And it's focusing on the Denver Broncos. A lot of people don't know that the Denver Broncos – have won the third most games out of any team in the NFL since 1970. Really? I didn't know that. Your, yeah. Your grandfather wrote this book? Uh, no. <laughs> Scott. No, the guy at the store. Oh. Scott from, uh, I met him at the store. And so we just started talking about Broncos, and he said, hey, do you mind mentioning that I'll be on the John Fox show Friday? Oh. Um, promoting his book called- John Fox has a show? He does. Yes, yesterday? Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll still say you should pick up the NFL since 1970. Yeah. Denver Broncos. That's cool. Um, yeah, he was on the John Fox show this Friday. Man, I forgot. We're, it's Saturday today. Yeah. But uh, Sorry, Scott. Sorry, Scott. But we'll still mention that you should pick up the book. I've looked. It's on Amazon, so you can pick it up on Amazon. Dude. You can pick it up at your local tattered cover. There's two tattered covers. There's one down. Oh, there's three. I'm sorry. There's one downtown. There's one in Cherry Creek. And there's one in Highlands Ranch. Highlands Ranch. So you can you can pick it up the tattered cover under local, cool. Um, so Scott, wait, was on you said Jerry Creek? Yeah, it's gone. Oh, is it the where did it move to? It's on Colfax now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. Cool. No, that's fine. Um, so yeah, pick it up tattered cover. Amazon, go Broncos! <laughs> Thanks, Scott, and definitely give you a shout out. And I I hope your John Fox show appearance went well. Yeah, and because I like John Fox. 
hey, you know, we just got to go out there and play the game really hard. That's how he sounds to does, me. Yeah, I was going to say, does he does he talk like a winded Batman? I thought it sounded like, beep, beep. Oh. <laughs> beep, beep. Dick. Oh. Because of his heart. I have another exciting announcement to make, guys. Okay. As Denver Comic Con approaches ever so closely. Oh, my God. Five months away. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver Comic Con is starting to ra- uh, ramp up getting out in the community. Yeah. Um, and we have a special deal for you guys listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Denver Comic Con night with the Colorado Mammoth. The Colorado Mammoth is Colorado's uh, Denver's professional indoor lacrosse team for the National Lacrosse League. Um, they're hosting a Star Wars night. Dude, I like Star Wars. You do like Star Wars. It's going to be Saturday, January 4th, 2014. Whoa, that's like a year away. <laughs> 7 o'clock at the Pepsi Center. The Colorado Mammoth are hosting the Vancouver Stealth. Um, but here's the here's really cool part. There's Host- discounted tickets available. The first level are no longer $25. They're $20 each. Club levels are 21 to 25 club level. That's awesome. Yeah. They're usually $30 each. But guess what, guys? What? The best part is with every ticket purchase, you get a $5 off your weekend pass to the Denver Comic Con. No way, really? Yeah. Dude. Um, and costumes are highly suggested. Keep it in the Star Wars theme. Hey, you could probably also dress up as your favorite superhero. Um, for information or how to get the tickets, log on to www.mammothtix.com slash dcc so you can get the code to get five dollars off your tickets for denver comic-con 2014 now ryan yes i already want to go to denver comic-con okay tell me why i want to go to denver comic-con well they've made several announcements that are really exciting the power rangers are going to reunite there ah do you really yeah which which ones (laughs) uh the green one and the white one Oh, and the man, black one. The green one is the white the, one. Yeah, I was just going to say, the green one is the white one. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch Power Rangers. Power Rangers are stupid. Oh, uh, you guys are so old. I love The Power red Rangers. one's Jason. The blue one's Billy. Well, the wait. black one's Zach. The no, no, yellow no. one's what, Trini. What, I mean, Kimberly's the, the pink one. I mean, the black guy. Oh, the pink one. That's Zach. Which color is he? He's black. black. The black guy is black? The black Rangers. Of course. Black yeah, and the, yeah, and the Asian one is yellow. Come on. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's super racist. Uh, but that the the actor who portrayed him is showing up too. Oh, very cool. Um, but, I love. I love. But uh, Bruce Campbell will be there, the one and only <gasps> Bruce Campbell. That's I know awesome. that is exciting. If oh he does, if he does a panel, I am. They better let me do that panel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. No offense to Bruce Campbell, but like he did promise to go to Starfest and didn't show, and we were promised Stan Lee. So I'm I'm gonna. I don't deserve myself no, a little bit. No, he'll be no I'm not. Uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. And also, Jim Cummings. I don't want to see you get hurt, is, Ryan. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Brad. Jim Cummings, who voiced Darkwing Duck, will also be there. Awesome. So I'm going to be busting out my Darkwing Duck DVDs for him to sign. Oh, I think he did some Ninja Turtle voices. He did. Yeah. He also did Winnie the Pooh, I believe. Yeah. So he's a, he's a really, really talented uh, voice actor. It's already really will be exciting. there as well. Um, also, you can log on to Anime Wasabi. I always miss this up. AnimeLandWasabi.com, yeah. which will be February 28th through March 2nd at the Crown Plaza DIA in Denver. Um, they have a lot of stuff going on there. John DiMaggio, who does Bender, is their guest of honor. Awesome. And, I, you know, I, I said this last week, but it's really cool that it's not just Japanese anime. They're bringing yeah. in Adventure Time people and Futurama people. Should totally pick it up, and you know I didn't know how big the convention hall was until we did the Rocky Mountain Con. It's big. It's yeah. big. Yeah. So that should be fun too, and hopefully um, we're working with them right now, and hopefully soon we will have um, 
more news for you and maybe hopefully get an interview lined up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on it right now. Um, so it's really exciting. It's a really exciting time around here. There's lots to do. Um, if you're looking for a comic book, go to Colorado Coins, Cars, and Comics on 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. Also, uh, two weeks from now will be our film Splosion, where we're going to count down all our top ten movies. This is a big deal. It's really fun. Um, you should... Send in your top ten lists. You should, or, your, or your, or you know, whatever your list consists of. If you didn't see ten movies this year, send in the five that you did see and you liked, or send in your your vote for your favorite movie, or um, just tell, just send us some messages about what things from this year were really great highlights, or yeah. even the movie you hated the most. That yeah. would be fun. Or get creative, like you know, your ten favorite movies with vomit in them or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever works. Maybe for you, you, maybe you should uh, tell us what you think your five favorite rock movies of this year were. Cool. So. Also, too, why you should definitely write into us mm-hmm. is we have a lot of giveaways this year. We, we have partnered with a local Denver somebody. That we're, <laughs> we're not gonna, I'm not going to spoil right now, but just it's a place where you can go and watch movies. <laughs> we have partnered with them, and we have stuff to give away from them. So uh, next week I'll tell you who it is, and it's a big thanks already to Karen, and we appreciate it. Yeah, um, I mean, so, if, if you've been listening for a while, you already know. Just, just. We got some really cool stuff to give away. We have some cool stuff to and give away, so make sure you give us a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Also, some fans may already have some stuff in the mail. Yeah, and we have other stuff to give away too. It's a big fun, big fun time, and that will be January third. Yeah. Unless you want to see Paranormal Activity, the the chosen ones. I will stop doing the show. <laughs> that's that's the one where it's the gang member guys. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, it's like the Latino. I was really afraid that like. Uh, that trailer we saw for Heaven is Heaven is Super Real, dude. Um, whatever that movie's called, I was really afraid that was the Paranormal Activity movie because it starts like it's gonna be a horror movie where that little kid is like, I, I see dead people, and then it's really like, oh no, really? He, no, he like that's the story. He's like, oh, now it's a kid who sees dead people. But like when you watch a trailer for the par- new Paranormal Activity movie, like this uh, Mexican gangbanger gets like superpowers or something. What? Yeah, have you not I seen t- it? No, I want to see it now. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. But I want to see the trailer and then imagine that it'll be as Did, good Have as... you seen the trailer, Brad? For the marked ones? Yeah. Yeah, I was with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> I, I don't remember. We, I see so many fucking movies. Yeah, like, really. Um, uh. But there's this part where they're giving him a hard time or something, and he does, I don't know, like a Jean Grey, yeah, and the guy, like, flies away. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Isn't oh, it? Dude, how'd you get those powers? Yeah, how'd you get those powers? Because <laughs> I'm a wait. marked one. <laughs> Is this actually a sequel to Chronicle? Are you, like, really? I have no idea. I don't know what they're doing. Wow. Um, there's only so many times they can s- stick a webcam on an oscillating fan before it gets boring. Oh, my God. Um. So, yeah. So, Film Explosion, January 4th. I'm so excited. Third. third. It's a Friday. It's the third. It'll go up on the fourth. Yeah, or fifth, or fifth, or a week later, or a week later. <laughs> 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 I just gave Brad a mean look yeah. because we missed a week. No, we, did. we didn't. It was just a there's little a sh- later there's than a usual. Show. Yeah, it's, you know, technically Sunday's the start of a new week, guys. Yeah, I mean well, we had all been late. These <laughs> 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 go on Mondays. Yeah, but for the pre- oh, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, because this isn't about us, guys. This is about our fans. I had a good reason I was playing Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Fan mail! 
I like how uh, I leave and then everyone writes into the show. That's nice. I know. That's why oh, I, yeah. I said that the last time. Like, hey, <laughs> I was like, writing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've always said the show would probably be better without me. Yeah. And we've always disagreed. Yep. Still do. Yeah. Empirical evidence. People are writing in mm-hmm. when I'm not here. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I don't want Brad reading my, my email. They need this sweet they're gonna voice. Write, they're gonna write Speaking in, like, of sweet voices, Uncle Even Colin. Dan wrote in. He isn't wrote in in months. <laughs> That's I know. True. He's like, Brad was gone last week. Yeah, but why? And he wrote in to argue with you. <laughs> yeah. That's what's really funny yeah. about it. It was like, oh, Which yeah. I, the continuity errors weren't really what bugged me the most about them. It's the, it's the general, like, pop culture silliness. It's You know how, like, yeah. in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, eventually mm-hmm. they have, like, cameos from, like, people who are relevant. <laughs> yeah, Roseanne and Tom yeah. Arnold. <laughs> yeah. It's like that vibe where, you know, it was more like a movie about the Terminator because it's, like, the franchise it's not about yeah. the story mm-hmm. no I, yeah yeah like I, hey we're just reviving this thing because everyone thinks it's cool it is cool yeah let's put some stupid glasses cool. on him and yeah man you know what i, I, I want to talk to the hand joke which i can't believe i forgot <laughs> <laughs> terminator genesis yeah mm. it's a horrible it's a start of something the worst title and it'd be sweet if like the t100 just sat down and played sonic <laughs> I, you know what i want no one else words i just want uh kristen what's her name from t3 you know, Logan. just hamming it up the whole time. Kristen Loken. Loken, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's horrible. I said it like three times. You didn't even listen to me the first time. Oh, well, sorry. I have the headphones on, and you put your mic down, so it, I didn't what hear you. I, no, I really didn't hear you. Um, Uncle Corm sent in a tweet God to damn us. It, stop doing that. Um, what? <laughs> Isn't it Corm Kringle right now? <laughs> yeah, it's Corm Kringle right now. Yeah. He said, "Episode one thirty. You should make a special. You're the special guest you had on a regular. He sounds much smarter than the other James." Smoking sexy voice. Yeah. And James is really I sick. Can, I could try. I could That's try. a callback to James being sick. I can, I could do it like this a lot. Sound, that sounds stupid, James. Don't sound, do it like that. Sound so sexy. Stop it. Just Seriously. Stop it. Stop don't, it. Don't, you want, don't you think I'm sexy? No. It's no. not anything like the sexy guy you had on that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a mentally handicapped person <laughs> who's trying to find his wiener. Mm, whoa. Do I sound sexy? Where, where is it? Um. <laughs> Hey, did you like that sweet theme music we have? I do. I love it. Charlie, who wrote our theme music, sent us an email this week. He said, "What up, real nerds? What up?" Did he say it that way? No. Did he? Did he like stretch out all the letters? He should have. Um, he says, "As of now, I haven't heard you guys discuss fifth, the Fifth Element. Hmm. I watched it for the first time last night. And I thought it was an entertaining on many levels. The wow. visuals are cool." Especially the costumes and the wide shots of futuristic New York City. Despite some of the CGI showing its age, the story is straightforward and well told. Some of the characters are unforgettable and it manages to never take itself entirely seriously. As I usually do, I wiki I wikied it. I wikied? Wikied. Wikied. Old man. The movie immediately. You shut up about this. What the fuck is the internet? <laughs> internet? I, I get my news from AOL. <laughs> or the paper my wife brings me. <laughs> <laughs> Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Um, immediately after watching it, I was a little surprised to read how polarizing the movie was in 1997. Huh. That it is simultaneously considered the best and worst summer movie ever. I feel like The Fifth Element is a good example of a movie that general public and professional critics disagree on. Perhaps a critic's harsh review have to do with the movie's multiple genres and tones. It's sci-fi, it's action, it has romance, it even throws in dashes of slapstick comedy. It's a bit campy and it pulls off stylist, uh, stylistic juggling act. And as a result, critics, especially in 1997, didn't get it while audiences were more accepting of it. My two cents, what do you guys think of this movie? I'm a bit curious to see if the three of you are split on it. 
Charlie. I, I didn't um, know he, that. He titled this Critics versus Fans. Um, I don't think of myself as an actual movie critic. Yeah. I mean, I do critique movies on this show, but I also think I'm more forgiving than a lot of people, are. Uh, movie critics are, yeah. to movies, because I enjoy movies as a, entertainment. It's more a review than critique. Yeah. You know. um, as for the fifth element, I, I enjoy parts of it. I don't... It's not my favorite Bruce Willis movie. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people love it. Um, the zaniness of it and um, that kind of candy color always usually kind of bothers me in futuristic movies. Oh, yeah. Um, where I'm more of a kind of Rathacon kind of yeah science fiction kind of person. Yeah, yellow is not a color that should be in space. Yeah, where it's um, more dark. And, you know, that's my problem, too, with uh, Jason X is when Jason goes into space, it kind of gets like a sci-fi channel movie feel to it. Right, yeah. Where I think sometimes the fifth element does, too. Um, but it is unique. I don't think, I think it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, those scripts that like, I, I look at it and I just think like, how did this movie even get made? You know, cause Bruce the, Willis. The, yeah. Well, but you know, it's, it's a movie about like a, a giant evil ball is going towards the earth and like weird sci-fi Galactus? shit has to happen. Yeah, it, well, yeah. Is it directed um, by Luke Besson or produced yes, by? It's directed by. Directed by. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, that's part of why it's weird. <laughs> yeah, um, French guys. But no, I, I really enjoy that movie. Now, yeah. I say that having never owned it. Like, hmm. Does that make sense? Because like, also in the early 2000s, it was on TV every weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, It was Top Gun and then The Fifth Element. Um, I remember I love Mila Hovavich's nipples in it. <laughs> There's um, that one side shot, and they're just like perky. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it. I like her beef in Resident Evil. God damn it. <laughs> the twat <laughs> shot? I really, I really, I, Mia Jovovich is one of the least attractive women really? in film, I think. Wow. I, I, I really don't like her. Why? I, I don't know. I just don't like her face. Is well, that, so is that it, mean? Like, yeah, I feel so like who a is dick. an attractive female actress for you, James? I don't know. Like an Anna uh, Kendrick. Yeah. Allison, I've been rewatching a lot of Community. Allison Brie's pretty good. Man. Did you see that Glee episode? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, what are regionals? The, <laughs> uh, teach me how to understand Christmas. Um, yeah, I, it's a it's a it's a fun movie. I didn't know that it was so polarizing. Like, I, it I, is. I, for some reason, it is. Like, because I, you know, I'm. I grew up sort of that movie always being around because, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. what, eight or nine when it came out? Yeah. Um, so it was like that in Independence Day. And so I always thought, like, well, everybody likes both those movies, right? Um, that's yeah, funny. I think critics forgave Independence Day more, but I think yeah. the weirdness of Fifth Element yeah, got, it's more, weird. got a panned. Yeah. But so obviously it found a home on do you, do you like it, Brad? home video. Yeah, it's... Are like, you in like the boat with me? Where you're like you, you kind of yeah. It's got its good stuff, points. It's got yeah. bad points. Like the low point for me is like the opera and the Chris Tucker stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I like um, the Chris Tucker stuff. Yeah, the opera's the opera's weird, but mo- like momental momentum wise, like I am going to say too, Charlie. I'm disappointed. You put on there. He says, "Hey, real nerds, what should I watch first? I put the World's End, and you didn't watch the World's End first. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it's 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 entertaining at some points. Like in other points, I think Gary Oldman kind of has like a his character's yeah. like super I like it. bizarre. What, what, yeah. You know, th- I, I think some of the disconnect too is Bruce Willis is the least weird person in it where he's in this mm. world where everyone else is kind of goofy. Yeah. And I, I think that's more of who Bruce Willis is I was after just say. hearing people who work with him now kind of come out and say he's a, yeah, not a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I've never met him, so I can't say anything about him, but yeah. I, I think that's where he always has that input. Um, and to answer his question with critics and fans, I don't think, average moviegoer gives two shits about what critics say yeah um, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on 
um, Rotten Tomatoes and, uh, you know, the thumbs up, thumb down kind of thing. Which drives me nuts because they go off the score of the critics' percentage. Oh, yeah. When it should be the fans who are rating. No, I agree. Like, it's the more valuable rating. (laughs) Because it is. Because it's always always higher. And (laughs) I'll I'll blow To prove a point that fans like movies more than critics, and I think sometimes critics just don't get movies. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of these movies, but when you look at something like Transformers, where they are at 18, 20% on Mm -hmm. the tomato meter and they go on to gross a billion dollars, at the end of the day, um, I think. In that profession, sometimes they take themselves too seriously where it's, you know, the movie has to be uh, deep and resonating where for fans, I just want to be entertained. I don't care, you know, and and I think sometimes they get in their own way where a film like The Shining, which I don't think it's a horrible movie. In fact, when I finish my 101 horror movies, it's, it's on that list. Yeah. But it's a critical darling when I don't think it's anything too special. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where critics say, oh, it's so weird, and it really speaks to me because it's saying something different than just being a straight horror film. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's well, that you disconnect. A, you've had a bad day, and you just want to chill out. Like, what are you mm-hmm. going to pick? The Shining? No, you're going to pick... You know, fifth Element. Rambo. Fifth element. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah. Or, exactly. Yeah. Or the Fifth oh, Element. Oh, dude, yeah, or, Rambo 4. Or, yeah. No, no, you're right, the, Brad. I'm because... popping The Dark Knight or something. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because I'd say... <laughs> Um, when when critics are critiquing movies, they they lose the joy of movies. Yeah, um, and that's why you know I always worry that when we shoot our web shorts constantly, or now you're filming a, a film for one of our friends, do you lose that magic that you have when you watch a movie? Do you? Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Do you? Yeah. Did you still have that when you watch movies? And yeah. I I've, I've, I've I asked Dan Myrick that on. Um, Mile High Horror, which hopefully the interview will be up soon, but Brad, <laughs> I, I asked I asked him that question. I said, do you still enjoy movies? Because he was a judge for um, the short films there. Mm-hmm. And I says, is it hard for you to watch films? Do you still enjoy them now that you're, you know, you see behind them? And he told me when they're done well, then yes, I love them. Yeah. But when they're not, then that's when he starts picking apart, you know, the shot wasn't done right or the sound is a little off. So it, it's kind of interesting. And I think sometimes critics forget to enjoy movies. Yeah. Well, I think their their justification tends to be um, that, like... And, and this is very true, that, like, normal people, when they go into a movie that they paid for, um, especially if they are what I would hope to be a good audience where they, they want the movie to be good, mm-hmm. um, they spent money on that movie. And so they're... The, like, the fact that they spent money on it forces them, in a lot of cases, to kind of want the movie to be good even mm-hmm. when it's not. And that's the figure. And I think critics look at it and they're like, well, no, you know, we, we try to be biased and we, you know, we're, or we, we try not to be biased in that way and, and really like dissect the movie and, and, and quantify it in these ways. And you know, I was talking to you in the car that we're doing our top tens lists right now. And it's, for some reason this year has been really hard for me. And I, I realized after one of the movies that we saw this week that I, I think that this, the last couple of weeks as I've been trying to you know check things off the list and really, you know, I, that I've been turning it into this scientific thing that I've been trying to quantify what, mm-hmm. what movies are really good, which is not the way I've done my list in the past. You know, it's really in the past been what things did I love and what things was I really more passionate about um, and, and why? Because, uh, of course, I, I'm going to have to justify that. Um, but it means that, like, you know, Hansel and Gretel is allowed to be on a top ten. Yeah, and you know, you brought that up, and I was going to bring that up too. Where I, th- you have to know the movie you're going into. You can't yeah. 
Um, you can't judge Hansel and Gretel against something, I don't know. Nebraska. Nebraska, because it, you're you're getting two different experiences. Yeah. And I think sometimes critics can't look past that. They yeah. can't look past. And that's why I think it's it's a shame that horror movies don't get sometimes recognition that they should. Yeah. Because they just assume that it's low-brow filming. But when I could, I could make the argument that Psycho might be the greatest film of all time. Or that The Conjuring is shot better than... Um, I don't know. I'd have to think of Nebraska. Nebraska. I haven't seen Nebraska, so yeah. Know, but I mean, but fair. you know what I mean. You yeah, could make no. arguments where how they set up the cameras. Yeah, and where the, how, what the they talent do. behind making exactly. that movie is great. Yeah, and so um, I think uh, to answer your question, I think sometimes critics they don't get it. Yeah, they don't get the Transformers movies. They don't get how Hansel and Gretel can make sixty million dollars at the box and a office. sequel and a sequel. And I think that jadedness. I think they're hurting the business because. Yeah. And I, I've seen it. Ha- I've seen it happen on other podcasts that are part of the reason why we do this one. Um, where yeah, they they review things long enough that they they become that critic where they sort of get frustrated by the fact, or at least this is how it comes off to me. They sort of get frustrated by the fact that that movies like that do well, and that movies that they think that spoke to them and that are small don't, and they think that that in some way diminishes one over the other, and it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, the fun for me is when I see a little movie like a, like a mud, let's mm-hmm. throw that out there, that I can spend all year yeah. trying really fucking hard to get you guys to see the fucking movie before we do a fucking top ten list. I'm probably just going to um, take off my shirt. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's not because that movie is actually better than, you know, no, Iron Man 3. They're two very different movies. And the fun is to get somebody else to see that movie and see and see them enjoy it and see mm-hmm. them get something out of it. And I think that's what gets lost. I is think that, so too. Is I think that you're right. Critiquing things and reviewing things is not about really putting two things up against each other and saying one is better than the other. It's really about saying like, hey, this is worth you checking out. There's something here, you know? Because even when we talked, like, like last week when I talked about uh, Only God Forgives, like I didn't, I didn't like that movie. I will never watch that movie again. But I, there's still a part of me that thinks like, yeah, there, you know, there are some people out there who should check that out, who yeah. will who will really think that's cool and really get something out of yeah, that. it. Um, and two, the, the thing with movies that are totally subjective. Yeah. Where I, my favorite movie of all time, and I've said it for years, is Army of Darkness, where someone could pick that apart, but I forgive it for that parts because to me, I, just like Russell Crowe says in Gladiator, you're not entertained. I am yeah. entertained, and I don't care. Uh, what you think? I think Hans and Gretel is still one of the most fun I had at the theater this year. Um, so, and it, it, this whole conversation that Charlie has brought up just sort of goes to show that, like, if people listened to critics, then no one would would see The Fifth Element, and all the people who love that movie so much would have just completely ignored it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a shame that would have been. And that being really- said, listen to critics like the Realness Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but we started this by saying that's not really what we do. And and it's, and over time, people forgive movies because. Uh, something like the Goonies, yeah, know, at the time is not really wasn't really well received. Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day. But now, as because we watch that as kids, and now as we get older, we have fond memories of, you know, hey, you guys, and yeah, and, yeah. and the the chunk shuffle and things like that. So yeah. I think um, you, you make your own decision. You know, if you want to watch a movie because it looks good, just just what we always say is just watch it. Yeah, don't don't ask. We hope we can help you make a decision if you want to watch it, but. You know, at the end of the day, you could say, fuck you, real nerds. I loved um, God Only Forgives, and I'd love to get that email. Um, God Only Forgives would be a better movie. <laughs> um, I, uh, one of the, I I was never a huge, like, Roger Ebert reader. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I respected the hell out of what he did. Like, when I would read his reviews, I'd be like, damn, this is 
in depth. But I, I just didn't like when I'd see his top ten list, I'd be like, really, ugh. Uh, but uh, one of my favorite things that he ever did was when he, man, ten, Died. twelve years ago. Oh, you're the worst. Uh, when he he wrote a new review for Groundhog's so Day. Fucking mean. It was. It was really bad. Uh, he was a nice guy. He was a really a sweetheart. Um, when he rewrote his review for Groundhog's Day because he had revisited that movie and realized that he had not, when he reviewed it when it came out, he didn't realize how good that movie was mm. and, and how smart and different that movie was. Um, and I just, I appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah. You know? That's just the thing too is like, uh, you can go to a movie twice and have a different experience. Oh yeah. yeah. So don't always, last year. don't always let your first experience with a movie be the defining one, you know? Yeah. Maybe give some things a second chance. Yeah. You might be surprised. Oh, absolutely. Are you saying I should watch Only God Forgives again? Uh, you want to. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not. Uh, and, too, you never know when you're going to discover something. I was never yeah. a Star Trek guy, but being on this podcast, you guys, well, Brad initially um, forced me to sit down and watch and, and, and do a commentary oh, for episode, uh, the sixth one. Oh yeah, and uh, as I was watching, my eyes is actually kind of cool. Which appropriately titled "The Undiscovered Country." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when you guys drag me to the midnight showing of Wrath of Khan, and, and I, you I, knew, and I'm watching, I'm like, you know, this is actually a really good movie. And I was telling you guys before, why do people make fun of Shatner so much? He's actually a really good actor in the movies. I know. And, yeah. Um, uh, it, it, yeah, it blows my mind. So well, he's not always a good actor in the show. So and the movies that's part in, of in Wrath of Khan, and I got the the Voyage Home. He's amazing in that. Yeah, he is. So um, yeah. double asshole to you. So you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> double double dumbass on you, but double yeah. dumbass on you, something like uh, that. Uh, Hello, computer. So yeah, don't listen to Man. critics. Don't listen to us. Just yeah. enjoy movies. That Make was your like own a, decisions. Yeah, like listen to us and then show. tell us we're full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by all means. Man, I love that. You know, now's the time of. For the show for me to change things up okay this is the comic book i read this week <gasps> that you should get that if you can find it what's up nerds it's the comics corner so my favorite thing to do <laughs> is obviously i always go to the comic store and I get spider-man and if there's a batman that looks interesting like i got harley quinn this week i haven't read it yet but you know who knows maybe it's good um but there's one that really kind of piqued my interest um and it's called The Afterlife with Archie. Hmm. And this book is a zombie book. With that, Archie. With Archie. What? Um, I was a little hesitant about it um, because I says, well, who's going to make a, a good zombie book with Archie? Um, but again, expecting, I, I gave it a shot because I like zombie stuff. And this book is straight up, one, I should say it's straight up horror. Um. It's not funny. It deals with death and the consequences of things dying. It's really well drawn. It's drawn by Francisco Franchetto, something like that. He illustrated another book I like called The Black Beetle. And it's written by an old um, Spider-Man writer who wrote The Sensational Spider-Man in uh, like 2006. Roberto something as well. Um, So anyways, the story is that... Jughead's dog gets hit by a car mm-hmm. and he's <laughs> <laughs> and he's he wants he thinks his dog's gonna die and his dog does die Aww. and he takes his dog to Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Sabrina the Teenage Witch resurrects his dog but by resurrecting his dog she actually zombifies it wait 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 this is the plot of Frankenweenie yeah um but the dog bites Jughead and Jughead 
then starts eating his parents. Oh, okay. And he goes to uh, Riverdale. Is that the name of it? I don't know. So, so. I think Riverdale. He goes to Riverdale High where they're having a dance and he starts eating people there. And it causes a zombie outbreak. And it is gory and well-written and wonderfully illustrated. I've read the first two issues. I think the third one comes out next week. Wow. Um, so if you can find it, definitely pick up The Afterlife with Archie because it it's kind of scary, too, because... I've never really read Archie comics. I used to read the little digest that used to get when I went with my mom to Wyoming. She'd always buy me at this gas station. They always had like Archie digest and they were really big. So it took me a while. By the time we got to Wyoming to see my aunt, I finished the book. So I, you know, I don't know the characters as well as I should, but it's still kind of heartbreaking when you see, you know, these clean cut kids getting devoured by Jughead, who's always the goofy guy. And now he's this mindless zombie and, um, I mean, there's this really great scene in the first one, or maybe it's the second one, actually. Um, Jughead comes into a costume party. This is what this dance is. It's Halloween. And he starts dancing with this girl. And she's like, oh, Jughead, I never thought you'd dance with me. And he starts eating her. And all the kids are going like, oh, my God, what's happening? We don't understand. And um, they punch Jughead off of him. Uh, Moose does. And they run over to this girl. And they say, are you okay? Okay. And then she turns into a zombie and starts eating this other girl. And... I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty horrific. So, oh. and the art is really well done. So, definitely pick it up uh, if you like zombie stuff. If you don't like zombie stuff, you won't like it. But, <laughs> um, but it, I I really respect one Archie Comics for allowing them to actually make a straight horror comic. Yeah, that it's mature and gory um, is another hats off to them because sometimes people are really protective of their characters, and for them to allow that to happen is really well done. So, it's called the Afterlife with Archie. It's funny how in 2013 people are talking about Archie as much as they are. Yeah. Like, I you know. I've heard more about Archie in the last few years than I probably have in my whole life. Yeah, because cool. they had the gay character in it. Um, yeah. Which they also have a great scene in that, too, where they're talking about they should tell their parents that they're gay. And uh, it's it's really fascinating. And, mm. and it's it's there's drama. You should really pick up this book. But then instead of telling their parents, they eat their parents. Uh, no, they, they're besieged by a bunch of zombies in the diner. I don't, oh, okay. Um, that's where it kind of cl- the cliffhanger is for the second issue is oh, so um, you should definitely pick it up it's it's an interesting book i i know it sold out at colorado coins cards <laughs> and comics um i haven't seen it around town yeah um something tells me they didn't know if anyone would read it so it probably had a low print run but you know what happens to books like that they get trade paper they do get so trade paper pick up at colorado coins cards and comics for 20 percent off eventually you can so but you can also ask andrew he might have one i know for a fact sometimes when i miss a book and it's sold out i ask him and he says, you know what? I think I have one left in the back. Yeah. So he's uh, he's usually pretty good about that. Because that place is magical. Yep. I love it. So yeah, Afterlife with Archie. Cool. And I, I got the variant covers and they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. Because those, those were the only ones left. Oh, Not yeah. Not that yeah. I... And Andrew always gives them to me for cover price. Well, 20% off the cover price because I have a hold slot. There you go. So That's thanks, how you do Andrew. it. Yeah. Cool. This was the number one movie last week. This is the box office stats. Fuck, I forget. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Hold on, people. Um, hang on. Two hang and on. a half years we've been doing this. You've never forgotten. Nah, I got it. I got it. I don't. I mean, shot in the dark. What did really well last week? I think it was Frozen. Nope. Uh, the Hobbit, $73 oh, million. Dollars. Seven. The Hobbit, $73 million. Almost $74. Um, Frozen was second, though. Yeah. 22. 20- 
Yep, 22. See, it eventually comes back to me. Uh, I didn't know there was a Tyler Perry's A Badia Christmas. There is. And is. they That's don't understand two. why it didn't do well. Well, I do, because you've seen the trailers. No. They're horrible. I, also, I mean, Features also the fact the that I guy. haven't seen it. Oh, wait, no, that's right. They only show black people movie trailers in front of black people movies. What was all of the fucking Jesus trailers before our movie? Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. It was. Hmm. Well, I, a lot. some of them were Disney. No, that's no, not No, they true. weren't. Neither of them were Neither Disney. Neither were Disney. That's right. Yeah, that's weird. I, I didn't, I've never even heard about the, was it the Son of Nazareth? Son of God. Son of God, God movie? Yeah, wow. Well, I saw a poster for it right before we in church? walked in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're handing out flyers. Yeah. Well, they did. They said re- reserve. We don't actually uh, read. We don't actually read the Bible anymore. We just watch the fucking Hollywood versions. It's like a reboot of Passion of the Christ. <laughs> it is. That's what I was the whole thing <laughs> no, I was thinking. Like no, a PG thirteen. As, as soon as it was dead, I said to Ryan, yeah. "I was like, seen it." It's like, yeah. can we make a non R version of this? Like, <laughs> exactly. How about doing. how about they tell us like a a different story? You know. And then about, what? what if they what if they just told like one little story and told it well? Why Why does it always have to be the whole life of fucking Jesus? It will be. It'll be really Scott's Noah. Why make the movie? Force him to read the book. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because the book sucks. You ever, oh, have God. you picked that up? No. It's, they say people live to be like well, 900 years hotel, old, 600 years old. You've seen a 100-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> it's an old David Crossbit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> but it really says that in the Bible. You ever crack it open? Like no. the, yeah. the first like three I pages say, yeah, no, I've read it. <laughs> I thought David Cross was making it up. It's real. No, yeah, this... no, I, I believed him. <laughs> yeah, I need to not you see it. There's a lot of weird shit in that book. You should check it out sometime. No, I, I have a life. Um, <laughs> I've always wondered if like, okay, so we came from two people, and those kids had to fuck each other to make more people. <laughs> so we're all like, you, me, James, we're all products of incest, right? Yeah. So we're brothers from another mother. Yeah. Why are American? That's why we should all love each other. Right? Yes. And did Especially you know Heaven is holidays. for real? What? Like, what the hell was that trailer? <laughs> that was weird. That, it just seems so weird. Yeah, I don't it was know really the... heavy-handed for the trailer too. Yeah, that was gonna be a horror movie. Yeah, I thought, they, I thought a... they showed me the whole movie. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a horror movie too, where you know his son died and now he's seeing like dead people and you know he's being haunted and no, he just drops a Spider-Man toy. You know what was really great though. Muppets Most Wanted. Oh yeah, that trailer oh, was great. Oh my gosh, that I am so excited for that movie now. <laughs> I mean, I'd seen like the earlier trailer, trailer, but that one's great. Yeah, man, movies yeah. love them. Hey, what's coming out on Blu-ray next week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. Nothing. Insidious two. Okay, next. Really? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. all it is. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. There's like twelve movies on the whole list. On Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just Insidious two. Insidious two and a bunch of shit. Yeah. Not even a, no, not a bunch of shit. A very small amount of shit. A re a Blu-ray and DVD re-release of Hansel and Gretel. I, I know really, it's weird. Yeah, I was well, really disappointed last week. Money. They said the Indiana Jones individual Blu-rays were coming out. Yeah, and I went to a Best Buy and they didn't have them. What? I went to all two Targets, they didn't have them. Watch. Denver West one had them. I went to the Denver West and they had the Blu-rays, but they were each seventeen ninety nine. Mm. Yeah. But the Target was selling the box set for 40 so I was like, why, why don't you get two of them or four of them and a bonus disc? Yeah, why don't you just watch the box set? That's what I got. Yeah. You should, because it's awesome. Yeah. It's I made mean, my wife get that for me last year. Yeah, it's a yeah. good set. I mean, even though it's got four in there, but I mean, four's, four's well, like, I'll, yeah, one of these I, days I, I'll watch four. I The first thing, I, I watched the third one, and then I watched the fourth one. And the fourth one, yeah, it's got some sleep parts. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's like on the level of Temple of Doom for me. You know, it's like, Raiders and Last Crusade are like really good. Yeah. And Temple of Doom and King <laughs> King Crystal Skull are good, 
you know, not as good as those yeah. ones, but they're not terrible, which is like yeah. what people usually say. I, I definitely like Temple of Doom more, but yeah. and and I have plenty of bad things to say about uh, the fourth one, but it is not. It I is think, not the, the god-awful childhood raping piece of shit that people yeah, I think the fourth one suffers from what Spider-Man 3 suffers from. I, no. I'll, I'll never forget. I, it was last year, and I don't know what website had it, but it said the worst movie of all time. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Spider-Man 3 run it. And in my mind, I said, really, these are the worst movies of all time. I've seen, seen Creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Have you <laughs> seen Atlantic Rim? I haven't yet, but man, I'm, I'm looking to. Like, yeah, I've seen Creature's probably actually, better than that. Yeah, like I've yeah, exactly yeah, I've actually seen god awful shit. But to lump like, those movies in it, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Those are made because those movies are made by competent filmmakers. And <laughs> yeah. Even, and even when you know you might not think there's obviously it's not as good as Raiders, but it's still a good movie. Yeah. How dare you put a Steven Spielberg movie on that list? Yeah. Like, and not even 1941. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. Steven Spielberg would put that one on his list. Yeah, like Steven Spielberg <laughs> would put that on his worst movies of all time list, but. Not that, not four, you know? Yeah, but, but even then, uh, you could, I wouldn't even say 1941 is a worst movie of all time. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. Exactly. I'm just saying, yeah, like, exactly. even for Steven Spielberg, yeah. that's not his worst yeah. movie. Yeah. He knows he d- has made some, like, not great movies. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. he is still way better than, at this than most people are. Exactly. So, again, <laughs> critics, you, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you seen well, Blood trolls. Rain 2, yeah. uh, Death in the West, whatever that movie's called? Like, no. come on. Have you seen movie 43? Anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're one of the few. Postal? <coughs> oh, have you seen Postal? Postal's seen Postal. horrible. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. I have not seen a UA Bull movie since uh, House of the Dead. Yeah. I have. Good for you. I wish Uwe Bull was still making movies. I don't. Oh, man. He wants to make that awful. movie where he rapes Heidi Klum, so you can look forward to that. Is that a, <laughs> what? You didn't see that news? No, I didn't. Yeah, he got in trouble because he was like, "Yeah, oh, that's right." Yeah. He was doing a Kickstarter to like, "Hey, help me fund my movie so I can rape Heidi Klum in it." What? Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Like Heidi Klum's gonna sign up and be like, "Oh yeah, no, I'll... I think it was her." Sure, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, some blonde I mean, whoever model. it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. Anyways, why is he going to Kickstarter? He's not getting like crazy German tax money anymore. <laughs> yeah, so no one's gonna, gonna no one's gonna hire him. Yeah, well, after that Holocaust movie, he did. He made a Holocaust movie? Yeah, he made like a super serious Jews in the oven Holocaust movie. I, and I, I, hold on, hold on. I say that I say it that way because I believe there is a shot of Jews going into an oven in the trailer. Do you have to say Jew so harsh? Jeez. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a hard J. Of the Jewish nation Thank you. going into an oven. Um, no, I have to say it that way because it is like... You had an always sunny moment there. You like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to say it that way because it... It does like I haven't seen the movie, so maybe he does a really good job. But it doesn't look like, and I have very little faith in him to do an I, a a respectful job. No, he can't. He doesn't make respectful movies. They're yeah. fucking horrible. So I'm sure it comes off as a Jews going into an oven movie. Just saying. Anyway, yeah. Insidious Two. Was Insidious the point Two. Of that conversation. Yeah, we're chatty today, which is you know a fun movie. It's a I'll Christmas pr- bonus, you guys. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably get uh, Insidious Part Two when it's five dollars on Blu-ray. <laughs> Maybe I'll go see the first one. Nah, no. James has made a judgment on that already. He hasn't seen the first. Well, one. Well, I didn't like the second one. First one's. I good. don't like. I don't know. I don't like where it's going. First one's good. Don't worry. Insidious no, Part Three is coming out. Like like I said in our review, I'm. It's just not my cup of tea. That's all. It's a fine movie. This is the stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Oh, fuck, y'all. I watch so much shit, motherfuckers. All right, I'm going to leave the room. Just kidding. Um, I rewatched Pacific Rim. 
yeah. on Blu-ray. Oh, it's beautiful, by yeah. the way. Um, it's it's a fun movie. I I do feel it loses a little something on a TV. Oh. You know, seeing it as part of the fun of that movie, seeing it on that big screen. I don't know. Actually, I kind of appreciate it on the TV because I could actually see the details on the kaiju more. That's true. Um, yeah. But they just don't feel as, you know, some of that part of that movie is just how big it feels. Um, well, me, I turn on my sound bar and I turn it up really loud, so loud that when I was watching Pacific Rim, uh, Laura was reading in the next room and she comes out and she says this, really? <laughs> I was like, oh. <sighs> I'm like, all right, I guess I don't need to hear Charlie Day really loud. <laughs> Turn it down. Uh, Pacific Rim's lots of fun. Yeah. Um, there's some shots in there that are absolutely stunning. Yeah. And, oh, dude. Uh, that monkey thing jumps out of the water. Yeah, the, the monkey just so cool. out of the water um, when they're on the bottom of the ocean and fighting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, when the bomb goes off and then when the wave comes back mm-hmm. in. Man. And that little uh, Japanese girl when she's crying and holding her shoes really sad. Oh, she's great. I want to I wanna adopt that girl. I'm, I'm sure I can adopt her. Oh, right? yeah. I'm sure she's for sale. Just go to China. Yeah. They don't care about the girls. Um, so, yeah. yeah. throw them away there. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Like 300. China don't care. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. If you haven't seen Pacific Rim, you should. It's it's really cool. It's robots fighting monsters. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I watched a couple of documentaries. I don't remember if I... Did I talk about Blackfish on the show? No. You, I, it, it keeps popping up on my Netflix like, you need to watch Blackfish. Um, Blackfish, if you don't know, is the story of Tillicum, who is the killer whale who killed a trainer during a SeaWorld performance. Um, and it, it's a show that details the not only his story, but the story of killer whales in captivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a bunch of former SeaWorld trainers on the show. And they say that, you know, there's a lot of bad things that SeaWorld is doing. Um, and it's, it's an interesting documentary. Um, it's well done. Um, there's some pretty horrific things in it. Um, they don't, thankfully, they don't show that one lady dying. Yeah. Um, but they do show a couple other killer whale attacks. Oh, wow. Um, in captivity? Yeah. Wow. Um, the, the gruesomest one is there's this lady in the San Diego one and... Um, she's kind of, but see what the documentary kind of, they kind of allude at it, but when I'm watching this footage, she's kind of prodding this mm. killer well. And so it grabs her arm and pulls her under and she gets away and she comes up and her arm is like a U Ugh. because it's been compound fractured so much. Yeah. Um, and then there's also another one that they showed, uh, where this trainer got his, his foot was bitten and this whale pulled him under for like a minute, and then he came back up, and he was just calm, and he kept on petting the whale, and it pulled him under again, and he and he got away because um, he just played it cool, like he didn't freak out, yeah, just kept on petting the whale, and then eventually the whale just let him go, yeah. Um, and it, it's you know it's just I don't know, it's a sad documentary. The Bare Naked Ladies, one of my favorite bands, decided not to play at SeaWorld after they saw it. Um, a lot of bands are starting to do that, um, but again, they don't. It, they mention it in in C, in the documentary that SeaWorld refused to be part of this documentary. And I can kind of see why they're kind of just leaning one way. Yeah. Because um, they're also not talking about all the good that SeaWorld does do. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, there's also the argument that do you really need to have these wells in captivity and, and things like that. And I don't know. It's a powerful documentary. It has some really interesting stuff in it. And, it, um, you know, I, I think the... I didn't see it, but the the thing that I first feel with this whole thing is like, you know, I got no problem with like animals in captivity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went to the aquarium yesterday. 
But there is a difference between an aquarium and like an animal show. Yeah, and and that's where that line is drawn. Is yeah, that when you're but, when you're trying to make animals do things in order to yeah. sell tickets, that's when you know. But too, um, when I when I, I say like I, it's, I like I don't lose sleep over this thing. Don't think that I'm you know. Yeah. But um, I don't think they're being cruel to the animals, though. I mean, it might be cruel to keep them in, you know, a pen. Yeah. But I don't see, like, mistreatment of the animals. Right. Um, oh, yeah, no. And they, I'm sure that's not, you know, this and they isn't do like the, an elephants in the circus in 1920 yeah. thing. Because um, they do this thing, too, in the documentary. They're pulling, like, some of the calves away from their mothers because the female killer whales are really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they'll attack, like, the males. Yeah. Um, so they pull them away. And then the females, because these are highly intelligent animals, they cry for a long time. Yeah. And they say, that's a horrible thing. Well, yeah, it's horrible, but, you know. Yeah, they're also animals. They're also animals. And I I, I, I don't try to be a jerk about it. No, but, yeah. You know, I, I can see both sides. I don't. Right. I mean, I'll still go to SeaWorld. My wife is, I don't think we should go to SeaWorld. I don't. Well, next time I'm in San Diego, I'm going to SeaWorld. But uh, just to prove my wife, it doesn't matter. And <sighs> I'll never go just because I don't really don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> thinking the, the thought of sitting there and like watching a whale. To, I'll watch Free Willy. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I'm which, and I'm sure they beat the shit out of that whale too. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the actual Willy in real life died of like you know cancer that they no, gave it by making him act. I'm sure he died in the wood in the wild. Like I'm, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, After but Hollywood still, like, gave him a bunch of drugs and <laughs> yeah, and money. Yeah, the coke, He's all coked out. Yeah. The coke and the whores like really yeah. took it out of. I mean, there are some sad things. When's Free Willy Four coming out? I'm gonna be big again, man. I'm gonna be big again. Just need that big break again, man. Oh man. Um, but yeah, you know, I, so I the, need more whale drugs. <laughs> <laughs> What's a whale drug? <laughs> Oh, Those man. glowy, just a shrimp. mountain of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, they like pack it into the blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> Something a phrase James says quite often, actually. <laughs> pack it. The um, but there's some sad things. Atilicom had kind of a tough life. Um, he was part of a an exhibit. He was a part of another ocean place in Canada where. <laughs> Um, this girl fell in and she was dragged to her death. Mm. Um, and then he also killed some homeless guy because he went into SeaWorld after, after it closed. He like climbed the fence and he fell into the pen or tried to swim with him. And, and <laughs> Put this in your blowhole and, and, and smoke it. And that's the one thing where two eyes, these trainers saying, yeah, we just know Tillicum killed him. Well, don't jump into fucking water with killer whales. Yeah, they're called killer whales. And they say, well, SeaWorld has all these cameras around. Yeah, but still, if a killer to whale... To make sure nobody steals the killer whale. <laughs> if someone's going to jump into the the aquarium with a killer whale, I'm not going to go and save him. Fuck that no. dude. I'll throw, him, I'll throw him one of those donuts, and if he can't get to it, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, no, you the, go to the edge of the water and go like, dude, you are in the water. With a killer whale. <laughs> Would you rather we call it a shark? Would you get it then? Yeah. Oh. The people behind the security desk are probably like, hey, uh, there's a guy jumping in the killer whale tank. Yeah, record that shit. We're putting it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should have done. Viral. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was reading my Entertainment Weekly, and they said Netflix had a great documentary. Uh, Netflix, like, original. Yeah. Um, it's called The Short Game. And it's it's a really cute documentary about these eight-year-old kids who go to Pinehurst Country Club to play in the World Championship of Golf. And it's there's this one kid, his name is uh, Alan Kornikova, and if that name sounds familiar, yeah, his sister is Anna Kornikova, the tennis player. And he's eight years old, and he loves to play golf. And 
that's what he lives for. And he, they show him, and he you know he lives in this really nice house in Florida, and he trains every day with a personal trainer. He runs a couple miles. He goes to school. When he gets out of school, he goes to the driving range and plays golf. Um, and he's a really funny kid. They always have these like, and it's really fun to see these kids just goof off and play. Um, they go to other parts of the world. Um, this kid from South Africa is really funny. Um, he was there the year before and he plays 43rd. And so his whole goal was to just do better for his dad. And, and his dad is his caddy. And he, and he's just like this goofy, goofy little kid. And he befriends this French kid that he is this boy that he keeps on calling a girl because he's really like effeminate and like totally gay. Um, but it's, it's really, it's a really cute movie and all these kids, all they want to do is, you know, win this tournament and, uh, some of these kids just turn it on when they're on the golf course and it's really cute to see, um, this one girl, her nickname's Tigress because she's like the best female golf in the world and she looks up to Tiger Woods and, um, the documentary also focuses on the parents sometimes and how the parents react. Her father, it gets really upset with her. And, um, and you, you, the whole time you're watching when she does a bad shot and he's kind of giving her a hard time, he's like, this guy's a dick. But then they kind of pull him, a, he comes aside and he just wants her to have a better life than he could provide for her. And cause he says, I don't have money to send her to college. So she has to get a scholarship and she loves to golf. So I want her to be the best golfer so she can get a scholarship and, mm. you know, not be middle class, which, you know, it's nothing wrong with being middle class, but, but you know, he's, he's trying to make a better life for his kid. It's a really cute movie. Um, you should definitely check it out. It's called short game. It's on Netflix. Uh, there's some really funny moments in it. Just kids being kids and being great golfers. Uh, there's a kid from uh, Thailand who has autism and it's really sad. He, he missed his start gun after a weather delay. So he's assessed a 10 stroke penalty. And if he didn't get that penalty, he would have won. Wow. Um, and he was re- like, cause he has, um, you know, a social disorder when he found out that he was got that 10 stroke penalty, he was really upset and he was behind the woods and kicking the ground and he didn't want to be around people. It was really sad. Jeez. And he's, but he still toughed it out. I think he finished like 20th or something. So <laughs> he with a 10 stroke penalty, he played oh, pretty yeah. well. Um, I won't tell you what happened with a little kid from South Africa because it's a really cute moment. Um, but you should definitely check it out. It's, it's definitely worth it. It's a fun little, um, that's cool. It's a fun little movie. Um, and then the last thing I watched is a movie from this year starring one of my favorite actresses and Brad's, um, Kristen Bell is called the lifeguard. Mm. Um, that's been on my list. (laughs) And, uh, she, uh, in the movie, she plays a writer for the AP and she's having an affair with her boss, I guess. And she does an article about um, this tiger that was kept in an apartment and it died because it was starved to death or something. And her... now, see, that is animal cruelty I don't like. Exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so her editor, though, wants to bury the story under like community and she makes this fight saying, it's not a community. This is like uh, a real story. And when he says no, she says, well, I'm going to leave. And she goes lives with her parents. Um in Connecticut and she gets a job as a lifeguard instead. And she meets this troubled teenage boy. Um, and she starts having an affair with him. The best part about the movie is you see lots of side boob from Kristen Bell and her butt a lot. Um, but that's the best thing about the movie. Yeah. The rest of it, it's, it's one of those independent movies when you watch it, it's, they're trying to be unique and then it just doesn't come across very well. Like Kristen Bell, she's really good in it. The actors are really good in it, Yeah, but it's just, 
the story is lame. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just something I couldn't get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that it'd be... I was actually kind of hoping it'd be like a quirky comedy. Yeah. Um, but it was more of a drama about people's lives and how they're affected. And um, How would you say her eyes are? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, like there's this one scene where she just it's a close up of her face and she's just like looking so longingly for stuff and, and she's just staring straight at the camera yeah and she has beautiful eyes yeah they're very level they are they are level I love Kristen Bell she's great in Frozen she can sing really well yeah. her eyes are level in that too yeah well because they're animated oh but, that's that's true um, but yeah the lifeguard it's different I mean some people might like it um, it just wasn't my kind of thing because you know I love you know, superheroes and Army of Darkness and stuff. Yep, that's what cool. I watched. Brad, what'd you watch in the three weeks you've been gone? You want me to do all three weeks? Oh, God. Just do the highlights. Highlights? Uh, let's, the first thing I went saw Superman at the Alamo. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Um, uh, was it a good print? I, you know, I can't remember if it was... I think it was film again. Hmm. Didn't seem like a Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, and there was something that stood out to me, but I forgot what it was. But, you know, it's a classic yeah. for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> How makes, about for you? Well, it just makes, like, it just frustrates me with Man of Steel. Like, all the jokes I hear about, like, Superman doesn't kill anybody, but Superman 2 totally yeah. <laughs> still kills Zod. Yeah. And Ursa. Um, and Non, yeah. He jumps to his death. But and I don't give a shit because the character's more interesting if he does. Yeah. yeah, that's all that's important to me. Yeah, so whatever. Oh, I, I, uh, he jumps out the window and just changes his clothes midair because he's oh, so nice. fast. I guess. Yes, yeah. sure. Yeah. Faster than a speeding sure. bullet, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Mm-hmm. And fly. No, 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 no. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> I don't know where this flying shit came from. Uh, another thing I saw at the Alamo was uh, I saw a Benson interruption of Lethal Weapon. Oh! And I've always thought I've seen Lethal Weapon, but apparently I think I've only seen Lethal Weapon 2 and 4. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe 3. So I was watching Dude. this one, and I'd never seen the first one. Like, watching, I was like, I haven't seen this one before. It's a good movie. And yeah. it was really funny with the commentary. <laughs> So is like that what really Benson funny. does? Is, is is he just like commentating over the whole movie? Yeah, it's, it's basically like MST3K. Oh, okay. Um, except it wasn't just him. He had like the two guys who do Mile High Sci-Fi there were there, and it, I think you guys have missed. You guys probably uh, have actually met uh, Chris Sharpentier. Uh, I judged with him at OSN, um, and uh, yeah, so there's those two, and then one other guy who I, th- I think was Rory Scovel. He's another comedian. I think that was him there, but all four of them were just fantastic. Cool. Like they, there was rarely a joke where it was like, you know, it just fell flat. Like the audience yeah. was laughing the whole time, and they were doing like really quality like gags and stuff, and like just tearing that movie but, apart. Well, no, but why that? That's what I never understood. Like about my high sci-fi. No, you know, no offense to those guys, but well, it's not like they MS- do like. I mean, I mean, I know it's like. It is and isn't like MST3K, but Lethal Weapon's a good movie. Well, that's the thing is, like, it's more challenging to rip, like, to make jokes about a good movie. And actually, I guess that's fair. There's a lot of silly stuff in that movie, though. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, surprised. No, there is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it when was they're, it's, when they're know. fighting at the end with the fire hydrant and they don't oh, say, it's, it's so cool. It's Riggs Arrest. It's Riggs Arrest. <laughs> Not even that, but there's, like, a part where Danny Glover is just sitting on the bridge with this huge sat phone. Yeah. After yeah. being at, like, this drug thing. Like, 
why is he at the bridge? And why is he, like? <laughs> and then he just gets in the car. And like, uh, what else? That movie's awesome. It's got a great score too. Yeah, Eric there's just, there's some really f- <laughs> just funny stuff in it. I I wish you guys had been there because yeah, it was they were just nailing cool. it. Um, cool. Also, a Christmas movie. Oh that. yeah, no no. Yeah. I was. Go to Die Hard is yeah. my like. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Christmas movie, yeah. but Lethal Weapons is contender. Lethal, also, yeah. Yeah, yeah. also um, badass fight scene at the end. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> silly, or, silly or not? Oh no, it totally is, dude. No, when he, oh my god, one of the most badass moments in that movie is when he is like chasing after that dude, and he gets to like the overpass, and then the car goes, <laughs> and he's just running the fucking car down on foot. On he's foot. got like a, he's got a machine Sh- gun shooting on, wildly into the yeah, other cars. He's got a machine gun under one arm. I think he's like, he's either shirtless or his shirt is wet and coming off, and he's just like, hoof it, like it. It's not Tom Cruise running, <laughs> yeah. but it's it. Tom Cruise is inspired by that running. <laughs> you know, Tom Cruise feels challenged by the running in Lethal Weapon. It's a that's a badass scene. I don't <laughs> there, care what anybody says. There's like this. So they uh, there's they're doing the drug deal, right? Yeah. Uh, the bad guys are bad guys only, and then they introduce Gary Busey, and it's like in order to show like the guy that they mean business, they burn Gary Busey. <laughs> they burn his hand. <laughs> like, if you don't do the deal with us, we're gonna burn our own guy. <laughs> like, it's what true. kind of intimidation is that? Yeah. Um. And then, like, uh, when the they're having the funeral, no, they're having the wedding, and they're talking to like, so <coughs> Danny Glover has a friend whose daughter overdoses on drugs, but it turns out she was poisoned or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By this cartel, and so he's finally. Uh, getting his friend to expose like what he knows about this like car- drug cartel. Yeah, and then Gary Busey shows up with a helicopter, and they're like constantly doing that thing where they they'll you know look l- out the window dramatically. Yeah, to tell to do the exposition, and you'll see like this one shot where the guys looking out the window, and then Mel Gibson's like outside smoking a cigarette, <laughs> like down in the lower left corner of the window. Yeah, and then the guy turns around to talk to Danny Glover again. Gets shot, then Danny Glover like goes back to the window like a split second later, and like Mel Gibson just disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. There's there's a lot of funny stuff in that movie. It's great. So that was fun. Shane Black. Yep. Shane Black. It's good shit. Um, good writer. And then there's a couple other things I can't remember, but the most Holy recent shit. ones were. Who, and he also wrote Iron Man three, which also has a helicopter sequence like that in it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like it's a very similar. Yeah, that's funny. Um. I should have recorded it on my iPhone. It would been really easy to do. Yeah, and just thanks, steal Steve. those guys' talent. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Steve, for comping my meal. Yeah, oh, did he really? Oh, my yeah. God. Steve is the best. He had Go no to reason to. It's not like I had to wait for food or anything. He yeah. just did it. Oh, man. Steve. Yeah. Unless Karen's listening, in which case he totally didn't do it. He did everything right. Oh, yeah. Um, he comped it because well, you guys blew it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are total Well, he still has to get permission to comp, so I'm sure it's all right. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm sure. Or maybe he He's, bought it. Here's the thing. He's an awesome waiter. She's yeah. A, yeah, no. She's never going to yell at him. I read a post from Jeremy that says they don't make a lot in tips. <laughs> really? Yeah. They better because I tip the shit out of those guys. I think we do, but... I guess that's true. I'm guessing... Yeah, never mind. That's very possible. Um, And then the other two things, I, I think I saw more over the weekend, but uh, the most recent ones sorry, there were you. a movie called Dealing with Idiots, Okay. which is a Jeff Garland movie about this comedian who goes to his son's baseball games and his son's uh considered terrible um so he's constantly like <laughs> told critics, to just take falls 
by the by the coach and the other okay. parents. Yeah. So he's told like he has to just take balls, just stand there and hope he you know throws you know not strikes. Um, so Jeff Garland's constantly sitting in the bleachers and watching all these other parents who are just like crazy. Like one is really negative and like screams at the coach to do stuff. And then there's like a, a lesbian couple with a son there. Um, then there's like another guy who is like afraid of his wife. And there's one who's like this super hot <laughs> uh, mom. No, nanny who is there for like a, some parents. Um, so he's like watching all these like really just crazy people. And then he decides I should follow these people, like go into their daily lives and find out what makes them insane. And that'll be my next movie. And as he goes through, like they go to, he goes to each person's house and like gets a glimpse of what has made them completely mental. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, I, it's not a spoiler, but the movie starts out with this, the one negative dad, like freaking out. And getting kicked out off the field, and then basically interacting with all these people, the climax of the movie, Jeff Garland has this major freak out where he just like lashes into each one of them, and uh, it's I I thought the script was really funny, yeah, and then it's the rest of the movie is produced kind of standardly, like there's nothing real, there's no special effects or anything, there's no uh, emphasis on the kids flashy. playing baseball, yes, yeah, it's, it's just like him standing around talking to these people and they're all kind of having conversations in all these different areas. There's like an assistant coach who just lives in an RV park. That's kind of like a club. Like every weekend he'll just make burgers and hot dogs. And he has like these groupies, like one of them is Natasha Leggero and they're like kind of whores. <laughs> they just hang out, but they also have a book club. Um, Bob Odenkirk's in it. He plays a mm. copy center manager <laughs> who's also the coach, you know, and like they'll each have a story that just kind of explains like why they're messed up. Yeah. Um, and it's, the, the stories are actually like entertaining and smart. So there was a point where it's like you know I'm working on stuff, but I was actually into the movie. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's really script wise, I thought it was really impressive. Um, cool. But like, there's a lot of familiar comedians from his group that you'll just kind of like. Yeah. Um, kind of doing their usual thing. But I, I think it's worth checking out. And then the other thing I saw was Francis Ford Coppola's Twixt. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that popped up like on Netflix or something this week. Yeah. Is it a horror movie, right? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Elle Fanning wears a weird dress and has makeup on, yeah. And Val mm. Kilmer's in it. Yeah, uh, he Bruce walks Stern's away in from it. her. Oh. Um, playing what I imagine his Nebraska character would be like if he was a sheriff. <laughs> um, it is like... What is it? I've watched all the Godfathers. <laughs> And this is not even close to that. It's like, it's like, what? It's probably it's like watching Michael Mann try to do digital. It's like Francis oh, Ford yeah. Coppola doesn't know how to communicate to his DP or how to because it looks very cheap, and mm. a lot of it is on a green screen. And it's Ooh, just Val mm. Kilmer is this horror writer. He goes to this small town to do uh, a book signing, and then Bruce Stern is a sheriff who is into his books and says, "Hey, I, I have this story. I think we should team up." Um, and it's based on like this real life uh, serial killer that's in the town right then and there, um, and it's like juxtaposed with Val Kilmer has to like he drinks a lot and he's uh, there's something going on with his daughter that you don't find out to the end of the movie, but it's juxtaposed with like all these 
like green screen flashes to Elle Fanning as this goth kid who was hanging out with this wrong crowd. And like right away, you know, she's the girl on the gurney. That's like, there's this, they wheel, the sheriff wheels in this girl who was like staked through the heart. Um, but they keep her covered up for most of the movie and Val Kilmer's like trying to figure out who it is. And he even sneaks into the sheriff's office at one point, but like, you know, right away. Cause like it's a little girl. So the serial, probably her. so the serial killer was a vampire and somebody. Yeah. Like I, 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 lost I, interest I know really nothing about on. this movie, but I already know what this movie is. Yeah. I lost interest really early on. Like I stopped paying attention, but I, I saw glimpses of like, you know, there's this like place on the lake where there's this vampire kid who like draws all the goth kids there and they party and the sheriff hates them and he might be the serial killer himself. Um, meanwhile, Val Kilmer is trying to like turn that into a story for the book. And who was his editor? Damn it. His editor was somebody famous. Gary Busey. Not <laughs> Gary Busey. N- I guess it's not important, but he's trying to get him like, Hey, I need your uh, outline so I can at least give you the check because his wife's going to sell his copy of his original Walt Whitman book. Leaves um, of Grass. Leaves of Grass. It's like one of the copies that he like hand wrote. What? Yeah, and it's worth a lot of money, and she's going to sell it unless he, you know, gets this check from his editor. And uh, there's probably, a lot of tor- terrible green screen. Oh, there's the thing where this there's this priest who's like doing all these nasty things. Not like to the kids. Not rape, but <laughs> but just like he slits a bunch I'm of their sorry. throats. It's like kind of like a little cult um, yeah. that Elle Fanning was a part of. She broke away from, and yeah, I was lost, and I was not interested in watching the cheap green screen and stuff. Uh, I'm lost just, with you trying to tell me what yeah. happened in the movie. Like, I, I that sounds like four yeah. different movies. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in goth kids hanging out and partying though. Yeah, she gets bit. She I was a vampire. A she kills a bunch of people, but she's dead. I don't. <laughs> I was lost. <laughs> the cool. the hotel he's staying in, there's kids buried under it, and yeah, it'll flash into like this desaturated world. Something with the clocks. There's a clock tower with like six faces on it. It it would look cheap and not interesting. That's too bad. Mm. Sorry. Academy Award winning director Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Mm. And there's like a lot of these like. He hasn't made a movie in a long time. No, he just made kids and they make movies. No, he had like, what's me without you? He's that he's done like a lot of under the radar, yeah, art stuff. Um, but it's the only one I've watched, and that doesn't make me excited for the other ones. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, so that's I think all I got for now. Okay. If you remember James. something, James. Um, I rewatched a couple of things this week, uh, and I'll just zip through those. I rewatched the prisoner, or I rewatched Prisoners. I don't know why I always want to call it the Prisoners, um, and that movie's good. People should see that movie. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. Um, and then I also rewatched the Way Way Back, uh, which was the movie I talked about it earlier in the year. Um, it's about a kid who his his mom is dating Steve Carell, and Steve Carell is a complete and utter dickbag. And um, they they go to this like little town in New Hampshire or something like that for the weekend. Actually, we looked it up. It's in like Rhode Island, um, in Massachusetts, Massachusetts. And it's like a beach house. And basically, it's this it's this little place where like all the parents who come there for the summer they they basically treat it like adult spring break, and all the kids just fucking hate it. Um, and he's miserable and doesn't like being there. And so he ends up taking this job at a 
um, at a like amusement park, uh, like a like a water amusement park kind of thing, um, in a beach town, which is already weird. That's run by Sam Rockwell, and of course, once Sam Rockwell gets in there, you are. All, all of the, like, oh, man, this is awkward and I feel so bad for this kid, all of that goes away, and then it's just the Sam Rockwell show. Uh, and that's a pretty damn good show. Um, <laughs> so people, you, you should definitely check it out. Uh, you can get it on Amazon Instant. Um, it's for sure worth a rent. Um, even though, like, it's written by Jim Rash, who's also in the movie, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's great. Well, Jim Rash and uh, Nat Faison, who's his writing partner. Um, is it a doppelganger? No. No. <laughs> um, but uh, the the ending just still lands a little bit flat. But in rewatching it, I liked it a whole lot more even than I did mm. during the summer. So, um, so yeah, check that one out. I also watched it's on Netflix, um, Europa Report, mm. which is the um, I like. I kept seeing it on lists and being like, oh, you know, I need to check that out. Like, I really like sci-fi and especially like you know mostly modern space stuff like is a thing of mine so i was like i gotta gotta see what that is um and i knew it was going to be like sort of uh found footagey but it's it's pretty much straight up found footage um it's got like narrative parts kind of like delivery did Mm -hmm. which is really good and i never want to see a found footage movie that doesn't have that ever again um like it 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 totally allows them to f- free themselves from all of the stupid shit that a lot of found footage has to do. Um, but basically, Europa Report is about, uh, and their their science here is pretty good. It's I, especially for the story that they are setting up, it's it's cool. Um, but basically, they're uh, they're traveling to Europa, which is one of the moons around Jupiter, um, because um, it's a it's an ice it's an icy moon, uh, and in this one, they have. They have found hints of of like heat, and so they're going there to get like take core samples of the planet or of the moon. Um, and even though in the real life they would just like we would just send a probe, like come on, but they they do a pretty good job of like explaining why. But basically, this you why are you just because the dog is sleeping does not mean that everybody else is. <laughs> How long did you fucking talk about Twixt, motherfucker? I was kidding. I know. Um, so. Uh, but it's a it's a found footage movie, obviously, and so it's like eight people on this ship, and they're they they wake up getting pretty close to or no they don't even no sorry I'm I'm already mixing this up they they're never in hypersleep that's sort of one of the things that's interesting about this is that like they all leave and they have to be gone for like four years like they're on this you know big floating ship in space um, and at one point Charlotte Copley who's one of the engineers. He even says, like, man, by the time I get back, my kid's going to be, like, six years old. Um, And you sort of really, like, as it starts, you really kind of like these people. Um, But, and and of course, you know, they get to the planet, and even before they get to the planet, things go wrong, and they lose communication with with Earth, and then there's, like, there's stuff on the moon, and people die, obviously, because it's a found footage movie, and everyone has to die. Um, I really wish this were a found footage movie. Um, cause I think the story they're telling is really interesting. Um, what they find on the moon is not like aliens necessarily like it is, but it's really just alien life. It's not like, Oh, there's, you know, little green men on this, on this planet. And they've got huge flying saucers. It's just like, Oh yeah, we got there. And in, in a way that is very true, like there's just these little things there and, and, they, microbes bacteria yeah um yeah sure you you know it's in along Cockroaches. that vein it's along that vein yeah um it's small animals that are 
theoretically harmless, but actually due to circumstances on this planet or on the moon are able to hurt some people. I'll say it that way. Um, and, and it doesn't even come across as like, oh yeah, they're out to hurt these people. Like they're not, they're not monsters. They're not like, oh, we found some alien tigers that eat people. That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah. But, but what's really cool here is that the story they're telling is really just like, no, we just found these animals and they're kind of inquisitive and in being inquisitive, um, because they're in a hot, because these people are in a hostile environment, people died. Um, it so suffers from being found footage. Mm. Uh, and they, it's not even like, usually the argument for found footage is like, well, it's cheap. You know, you can make a, you can tell your story for very little money. They've got this awesome uh, interior of the spaceship that's really cool looking and very realistic. They, they are able to pull off really great shots of like, you know, because of course it's got like a spinning section in it. Um, and there's a shot where Charles Copley climbs up a ladder and climbs into the zero, the zero G section. And they probably did it with wires, but it looks really good. Like there's plenty of money here. And yes, like the exterior shots of the ship are, uh, are like from, you know, security cameras based, you know, on the outside of the ship. So, you know, the CG there doesn't have to be very good, but I'm sorry, I would forgive the bad CG if you, if you really told this story in a way that was a lot more interesting and, and wasn't stagnated by that that style like it's just it's really a shame because i think they've got a great story here that's really interesting and if you like sci-fi you should check it out but um it's just not a very good movie in the end so and then the the other thing i saw was all is lost uh which is robert redford plays an old guy uh who never gets a name plays an old guy he is old <laughs> um, and he's on a boat, uh, and the movie starts with him uh, waking up on a boat, and his boat has collided with a um, shipping container that's floating in the sea. And it, you know, gets a hole the size of my laptop in the side of it. Um, and he hardly talks, at, well, through the whole movie, but especially at the beginning, like as he is dealing with this problem, I don't think he says anything. Um, and it's really it's really cool and you and it's amazing what this movie is able to do um with with building a character that that really never talks because it's in it's in the way he reacts to things like robert redford's performance is is amazing um because you really get a sense of who this guy is just by the fact that he is he's calm at first and he makes these plans and they you know they because he doesn't talk and there's really no narration um you don't know what he's doing at first you just watch him do these things and you're like man this guy's really like wicked smart and he's really on top of things and he's very well prepared um and of course it's you know a movie about a guy on a boat so i was gonna say um, a lot of shit is gonna go down and a lot of things are gonna go very very wrong and so it's sort of a test of how well prepared he is and and watching how well prepared he is not always work um what what were you gonna say sorry so as a guy who's lost at sea and most of the movie he doesn't talk yep and you kind of find out about him through all the stuff he interacts with. Yep, sounds familiar. <laughs> what? Um, um, what is it? What makes it different from Castaway other than that it's not Tom um, Hanks? Well, for one thing, Castaway talks like Tom Hanks talks. I know there's way the intro more. he does, but um, for a good two hours of the movie, he's not talking. Well, I'll say so. this: uh, Castaway is a whole lot better than this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, and part of that is the bookends. Like Castaway begins and ends not lost, and that means that. You you are oh, but all is lost in this movie. I guess <laughs> so. Now. Hold on. So, um, the 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 term "all is lost" comes from a letter that he reads at the beginning of the movie. That of course he writes later when he has 
pretty much lost all hope. Um, and, and that's not enough to make me root for him. You, you want him to survive and you want him to get out of this situation because the situation is bad and it gets worse and worse and worse. And even as, as much as he is able to do amazing things, um, the situation just keeps getting worse no matter like, cause he really doesn't have control. The castaway, because we start with him in his life and we see who this guy is and then we see him go through this challenge. You like that guy so much more and, and you really are rooting for him. And, and even better at the end when he returns to the world and, um, and we see how things have changed and how he deals with that. That is really an interesting story where this is cast away. If, if you only ever had from the, from the plane crash to him getting found and you cut out all of the other parts where he talks. Um, and it's interesting. Again, the performance is great. The movie is beautiful. The score is amazing. I there are shots that I can't understand how they did them. Like they've got to be a weird CG composite with you know. And sometimes the CG isn't great. Sometimes when they're doing the storms, like you know, okay, that CG and you know this doesn't quite line up. But the movie's great. But when it's all said and done, I don't know what the point is. You know, I I won't tell you how it ends, but you know it can only end one of two ways. Um, you know, it's either going to be a perfect storm or it's going to be a cast. Jump in a shark's mouth? Yeah. No, actually that is. Yeah, exactly. He he gets eaten by sharks. Dude, sweet. But he jumps into it. Sweet. Mega, mega shark attack two style. No, he waits. He puts it's like, like he, a, that clip he cuts off like his finger, dangles it over the edge of the ship. And then when Jaws comes up, you know, Bruce the shark and his mouth opens, he just dives in. <laughs> It's it's a Cut really it's a, it's a really interesting movie and a movie that I think you could you could walk away from it and be like oh man it was so deep and you could you could lay your own interpretations on top of that but it's actually so thin that all it is is bones you know like any anything you think you could take away from this movie is actually stuff you brought to it and then could use the movie to you know you could use your interpretation to like get something out of it but I don't think the movie actually gives you anything if that makes sense like. Um, it's it's just really impressive and and interesting, but it's not moving, um, and that's too bad. Um, I really wish that they had found a way to get shit flashbacks or a section at the end about you know either either him going home or other people that he knows reacting to the fact that he doesn't make it home, um, like something like that. Just give me something to hold on to, and it just it doesn't, um, and not in a Interest, not not in the way you're, allowed, you're like oh that's really what that's like it's just like a, oh all right that's it um, so it's it's too bad I, I I think people should check it out if you if you see the trailer and you think it's interesting Robert Redford's performance is worth watching the movie alone um, but it's not Castaway so that's it well that's what we've been watching Ryan you want to move us along uh, real news okay <laughs> oh wait I forgot no fuck you. If I have to hear another fucking movie about Cougar, Jesus Christ. All right, you know what happened this week? I don't week? want to see him in any other movies. You know what happened this week? It's real news! Peter O'Toole died. He's fucking dead? Yeah. Who? Peter O'Toole. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys. <laughs> no, this Lawrence Olivier? No. T.E. Lawrence, man. Um, yeah. You know, no, 
crazy old. So good for him. But yeah, this was one of the, you know, he was a, not as big actor as Paul Walker, but I mean, <laughs> oh man, there was, I, and I posted on our Facebook page, this, this video of a, of a charity that Paul Walker was running that I didn't yeah. even know about. You didn't? Like, he was, he died while he was leaving that charity. Well, I knew about, yeah, but I, like, I didn't know Reach out what worldwide. They did. Yeah. Peter O'Toole died it, while leaving a charity too? No, no. I the the video was cool because I didn't know like exactly mm-hmm. what they did you know because yeah. even in the news they didn't talk about that but um yeah so Peter O'Toole died he's he a was, bummer yeah but you know. he was old but he was and he was great you he know was. like was his last role Ratatouille I think so mm-hmm. I don't know I'd have to look but yeah, cause I he thought had, he, he actually done. acted in something but well, I'm sure he did yeah he's a great actor yeah absolutely man even though like. Man, the first half of Lawrence of Arabia, that's a great movie. Once I come back from intermission, like me. But first half is real good. Um also, uh Paul Rudd is officially Ant Man. Yeah. Which I That's good casting. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I always kinda thought that was just gonna happen. I don't know why. Uh I think he was mentioned pretty early on. He was. He's just pretty it's pretty obvious. Um uh, I think it's cool because I'd I'd like to see him do something. And he More fits serious. right into Edgar Wright's kind of style. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he'll be able to do style. yeah the improv stuff as well as that serious stuff. Because I didn't see... He was in Prince Avalanche, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is he, isn't he? he kind of serious in that? Yeah. I haven't seen... Other than his serious bits in the Yapata stuff, I haven't seen him be like super serious that I can remember. Um, but I think, he'll, I think he'd be really good at it. He's got the chops. He's serious in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, man, is he in that? But can he play a tiny, tiny man is the question. Yeah, yeah, How small can he get on his own? Yes. Because that's going to be really important for that role. Yep. Um, Phil Tippett is going to return to Jurassic Park. He is. Which is pretty... That's oh, thank God. For me, there's Phil Tippett's dead. <laughs> no! No, no, no! <laughs> so, Phil oh. burdened with death. Oh, uh, yeah. segments. No, 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 no. No, Phil Tippett's going to do some Jurassic Park again. Phil Tippett. Awesome. Oh, you can listen to his interview with Real Nerds Podcast on our website. Just search Phil Tippett. Yeah. Um, and the very last thing... Okay, I posted this on the Facebook page, but uh, Shia LaBeouf's a crazy person! Yep. He's a crazy person. You needed that article to know that about him. I mean, I well, I knew like that in his. Don't you remember when I read the news where he got punched, beat up because he was trying, he was taking he was video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he's you know he's like broken his arm drunk driving and shit like that. Like uh, you he's know, an idiot. Yeah, he's he's clearly an idiot in his in his dick. like personal life. But yeah, like this a is dick. a case where like <laughs> he really went crazy this time. Like he, he you know he. If you didn't read the article, he made a short film that has been doing really well in the circuits lately um, that he basically straight up stole from a comic book um, that he has said before he really likes. Um, And then when he apologized, he stole his apology from a Yahoo Answers. Like, (laughs) even his apology is a lie and is plagiarized. It's insane. Go to the AV Club and read the article. It's, uh, It's ridiculous. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull this <laughs> yeah. week. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's fun in that. Uh, the whole time I was just thinking like, oh yeah, you badmouth Steven Spielberg after you did this movie. Yeah. Trying to pass off the reason that, you know, it sucks isn't you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, he directed a Marilyn Manson music video, so I forgive him. Really? That's all it takes is to direct a, a music video that no one saw. He probably ripped it off. <laughs> that he that is just, it's basically all the Marilyn Manson's idea, and he's like, I directed it. It's 2013. That's the equivalent of directing a YouTube video. <laughs> Brad has better chops than dick. that. What the fuck? 
<laughs> I said better chops. No, oh, so you're better than a hack, Brad. Someone <laughs> yeah, you're better. Other... You're better than Shia LaBeouf, Brad. Good job. High five. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, at least you don't plagiarize stuff. Yeah. yeah. At least, at least the shit you put on the internet, you made up. All right, that's the news. Cool. We saw two movies this week. We did. The first movie, well, it's actually the second movie we saw, but the first movie we're going to view is called Saving Mr. Banks. James, should people go see Saving Mr. Banks? You know, we're doing our top ten list, as I said earlier, and this is the movie that reminded me that I really love movies. This movie is great. I think it's the only movie this year I cried at. I heard, yeah, I heard the girls were saying you cried like a bitch. Oh, my God. Oh, it was ridiculous. Oh, this movie is just great. Go see it. Ah. Brad? Brad, <laughs> I'm gonna hit you in your dick. <laughs> no, I was, was going to say like, yeah, go if you want to cry. So it's it's a not that it's sad. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It is not a sad movie. Uh, the first five or ten minutes, I was I was pretty bored, but it picks up. So mm, yeah, yeah, they get they got some stuff to set up. Yeah, this movie's awesome. You should definitely see it. Here's a trailer for Saving Mr. Banks. Winds in the east. Mist coming in, like something is brewing, about to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning our descent into Los Angeles. Welcome, Mrs. P.L. Travers, to the City of Angels. It smells like... Jasmine. Chlorine and sweat. (laughs) Introducing the creator of our beloved Mary. Poppins. Never ever just Mary. Now, where is Mr. Disney? Well, family travelers, you can't imagine how excited I am to finally meet you. Would you mind? My name is Mrs. Travis, Mr. Disney. Oh, Walt, now you gotta call me Walt. 20 years ago, I made a promise to my daughters that I would make your Mary Poppins fly off the pages of your books. I promised them, man. I know what he's going to do to her. She'll be cavorting and twinkling. He can't make the film unless you grant the rights. Damn. What kind of ideas? Constables responsible. Now, how no, 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 does that no, sound? No, 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 no. Responsible is not a word. We made it up. Well, unmake it up. She won't approve Dick Van Dyke. No. No. The latest house doesn't look like that. No, no, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Stop. Mary Poppins is not for sale. I won't have her turned into one of your silly cartoons. Says the woman who sent a flying nanny with a talking umbrella to save the children. You think Mary Poppins has come to save the children? Oh, dear. Mr. Travers, what am I missing here? I'm wondering what I have to do to make you happy. You know, you've never been to Disneyland, and that's the happiest place on earth. No, 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 please. Well, when does anybody get to go to Disneyland with Walt Disney himself? There he is. Where did she come from? Mary Poppins and the Banksies. They're family to me. Mary Poppins was a real person? So it's not the children she comes to save. It's their father. It's your father. You don't know what she means to me. I won't disappoint you. I swear every time a person walks into a movie house, they will rejoice. Don't you want to finish the story? The boys have come up with an idea. I think it's going to make you happy. You didn't bring me all the way here to tell me that. Oh, no. I had a wager. I couldn't get you on a ride. I just won 20 bucks. Yeah! 
So Saving Mr. Banks tells a story of Walt Disney's 20-year quest to get P.L. Travers' book, Mary Poppins, on the big screen. Um, and it tells a story about where she came from, um, from Australia, and her father. It doesn't tell the story of Australia. It tells it the story of Not childhood. the Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, it, 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 it starts slow, Brad's right, but it's trying to give you, you, you need this background information about her to understand why it's important why it's so important her the story is so important to her and also if you don't say what is saving mr banks what does it have to do with anything uh the character in mary poppins the dad his name is mr banks hmm. um so because at first I, I didn't remember right away i was like what the hell is this called saving mr banks for and then it clicked yeah. eventually in my noggin um and she's a kind of a prickly woman you know she she's kind of private and um she doesn't want to lose Mary Poppins, and she's afraid that Walt Disney is going to change Bast- her yeah, and bastardize it. Yeah, bastardize it. But she doesn't have any money, and her agent makes it very clear to her that if she doesn't do this, she can lose her house and and things like that. Which even that is is a big part of the movie. Like even the fact that that you know it starts with this whole question of her not having enough money, and then of course money becomes a an actually really big part of of the story of the movie. Um, it's ah, uh, this movie's great. It, you know. I've seen a lot of movies about writing, about writers, because writers love writing movies about writing. Um, this is maybe one of my favorites. And this is not like this is not a movie about writing so much. But what I love about this is that sh- this is a movie about a woman who, and writers do this a lot, where they'll write things and then they think they understood them and they think that they still belong to them, and and she is somebody who has forgotten a lot of that. And and through her story with Walt Disney, he he reminds her what the purpose of that story was, and and why she's attached to it, and why it's important to her, and, and makes her reexamine that. And it's it's just great. Yeah, there's a there's a fun little thing in it where she doesn't want to be called Pam or Pamela. Mm-hmm. She wants to be called Miss Tavers. And Walt Disney doesn't want to be called Mister Disney or Walter. He wants to be called Walt because he's his friend. Uh, he's everybody's his friend. Yeah. And here's a little scene of Tom Hanks as Walt Disney meeting P.L. Travers, Travers for the first time, and it's it's a cute scene. She's here. Uh, word of advice, Mrs. Travers, if I may. You may, whether I heed it or not, will be another matter entirely. Uh, it, it's it's just that he he can't stand being called Mr. Disney. We're all on a first name basis here. Mm. Well, here you are, at last. Oh, my dear gal, you can't imagine how excited I am to finally meet you. <laughs> but it's an honor. Mr. Oh, Walt. You gotta call me Walt. Mr. Dizzy was my old man, isn't that right, Doc? Absolutely, Walt. Come here. Tommy, say hello to the one and only Pamela Travers. It's so nice to meet you. You know, I I, I can't believe P.L. Travers right here in my office. After <laughs> right, all these years, almost 20 of them? Hmm, yes. 20 long years. <laughs> I wish you could have seen me then, Pam. Lean as a whippet I was. A racehorse. Well, anyway, <laughs> now here you are, and look at you. Oh, I could just eat you up. That wouldn't be appropriate. The performances are amazing. I there was a 
parts when I forgot Tom Hanks was playing Walt Disney, which is really cool to say yeah. because of how recognizable Tom Hanks is. Um, Emma Thompson. And Emma Thompson was great. Oh, man. All, all the characters in it were really good. All the people oh, yeah. in it had... Oh, yeah. Uh, B.J. Novak and uh, Jason Schwartzman and that guy whose name I never know. Brad oh. Whitford. Brad Whitford? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say um, Paul Giamatti. I'm like, really? No, no, well, no. Well, I was no. going to say Paul Giamatti is also good, but he yeah. was trying to remember Brad Whitford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well, I was trying to remember those three guys in that room because like, their chemistry is really good with each I love, other. Yeah, I could say each half a little different character moments yeah pj novak was totally still ryan though <laughs> a little bit yeah. yeah yeah he's like ryan but he got shot once yeah, yeah. um because yeah in that scene where he's like does it matter yeah, yeah. you're just like yeah there's a there's a, a great, great i talked about it last week on the mary poppins blu-ray there's a it was dick sherman who's the brother who's still alive sits down with jason schwartzman who plays him in the movie and he talks about those moments and and uh, that one's in the in the movie, isn't yeah. it? Because you talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah. Because that happened in the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah. Ryan told me about yeah, that it's, moment. It's great, and there's this movie has so many cool moments in it. And what I, I you know, people were worried that saying, "Oh, they're going to do a candy coated version of it," and I really don't think they did. No, it. I think uh, they they got to the meat and bones. And Colin Farrell was re- I didn't even know he was in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's really good in it. He's really great he yeah plays, i think it's a i think it's actually a very surprisingly serious movie yeah he plays the um, alcoholic father of pl travers um and it's it's sad because yeah. he, helen what groff groff helen, yeah goff goff yeah it's goff yeah um they don't say it very often in the movie no well that's her real name and she she has a pen name is pl travers and travers was his her father's name and there's, I didn't. I didn't know that. So it was actually kind of cool to have that. I, I didn't know that was her father's name either. Um, I knew she wrote under a pen name. I didn't I know, know that. See, I didn't. I didn't know that. So it was really cool when they made that reveal, and I was like, "Whoa, what?" You know, like I knew. I knew she wasn't like not the writer. That some weird thing was happening. But, but what's really cool about this movie too is uh, they don't make her. You know, just rascally to be rascally. Then all of a sudden, no. something hits her. It's the slowly of her coming out and realizing. You know, maybe she is being too finicky about this stuff. And um, when they, because f- you, if you know the story of Mary Poppins and you know the the movie, um, you know that "Let's Go Fly a Kite" is such a great tune. And when she's that moment where she's heartbroken because Mister Banks is such a horrible person, and she says, "You guys don't understand who he is. He's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy." And she gets all upset, and then Walt takes her to Disneyland, and she rides the you know the carousel and she starts being you see her smile for the first time yeah and then she realizes she's smiling and she doesn't want to fall into that and then they bring her upstairs and they said this is this is our idea for how to redeem him and uh he takes the the you know the money and repairs the kites for the kids and she starts tapping her feet and it's such like a joyous moment because that song is really joyous and it's just that's the magic i think of disney um even I guess when they're telling a period piece with Walt Disney in it, yeah, um, is they still kind of have that Walt Disney magic to the movie. Um, but my my favorite scene, hands down, is when Walt um, visits her in London, and he gives her that speech about um, about his father, Elias Disney, and how you know he had to take the newspapers out in the morning when it was so cold that he would pass out, and he didn't remember falling asleep. They need to have to go to school and then come back and have supper and then go back out again. And um, and then he says, I'm not telling it to make you sad because I love my dad and he was a great guy. And 
that moment, then P.L. Travers says, you know what? He gets it. He's He can have yeah. this character. Yeah. is fantastic. I I honestly think it's one of my favorite characters of the year, is P.L. Is, is Travers, Emma Thompson's character. Because it, the way they they handle her arc in the movie is so subtle and and well i'm not even not even subtle but it's what's the word i'm looking for talented you know it, mm. it's very skilled in the way that they they know how to tweak it here and there and just put us on this path that you know you sort of know especially when we get to the end and the way that the, like the sort of last big scene with her um we're in spoilers, but the the when she goes and finally sees the movie, and I kind of knew like, all right, I know how they're gonna bring these two stories together, and um, but when they finally did it, and you and when they start bringing back the good parts of her memory, um, or you know, first they they bring back the bad ones, and then they meld those into some of the good parts of her memory, as, yeah. in a way that like, um, it's a it's a it's a little bit maybe heavy handed of Disney to do this, but you know, they're sort of saying like, look. Disney was able to give her her own Mary Poppins, which is really the story here. Yeah. You know, is that which, she, cause she even says in that great, that scene you're talking about where she says like, where was Mary Poppins for me? You know, she really, she writes a story where this magical character comes in and fixes everything. And she's like, I never got that. Um, and, and you know, Walt Disney kind of does that for her and it's, it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And you know, that whole, uh, scene where she's watching Mary Poppins is so great. And that's when you really started to cry. Um, yeah. Is uh, no, no, she, oh no, no, no! I was watching. I was crying way before. Oh, I started crying. That's when I, I noticed. She, that's when I noticed. Yeah, uh, that's when I started wiping them away. I was crying like when she was when she the scene where she started dancing like when she. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's. I think it's the scene right before that when she really starts to open up and I started to see the character change. That's when I, I was just done. I was like, oh my god, because you know she starts off hating the movie because one she didn't want Dick Van Dyke in it. And so when Dick Van Dyke starts dancing with the the penguins, which I still think is a funny scene, yeah, um, she starts hating it. But the moment when Mister Banks has to go to the bank because he's fired, her face changes yeah. and she realizes she's watching her father being redeemed as well as Mister Banks. Yeah, and the joyous of Let's Go Fly a Kite becomes this like happiness thing, that she's yeah. crying and when she's mouthing the words, it's it's a great moment in the movie. And you should really go see the movie. It's really fantastic. And at first, I was also weirded, slightly weirded out by the when they're uh, when they're singing the banking song, mm-hmm. um, and and Colin Farrell is also sort of singing the banking mm-hmm. song and the way they cut that together. But I, 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 by the end, I really appreciate. It. I thought it was it turned into something really cool. At first, I was like, "Wait, what are you doing?" Because uh, it's the one time where they really, where the first time where they really start melding those two stories together. Because before that, they're pretty separate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. It just threw me for a loop at first. But, man. Brad, anything? No, you guys covered it. Like, for me, it was like all that stuff coming together at the end. Tom Hank, Walt Disney's uh, monologue. Mm-hmm. This was like a good, like, ten minutes, I think. Yeah, it was of great. Just him, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and just making the reveal that, like, yeah, what... Her problem is that she just didn't have her own Mary Poppins, you know. And yeah. How Walt Disney's, you know, trying to make the movie like ch- changing the movie to like sh- kind of showing her that what she it looked like she didn't understand. She thought she wrote what she thought she understood what she wrote, but it yeah. turns out like 
it's a reflection. Your writing is a reflection of your own internal stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. Which she didn't realize. She thought she was just writing for a job, really. Yeah. You know? Or or even that, like... On the surface. Yeah, like, she thought she understood what she was writing, and then she, but didn't realize, that, like, what everybody else was taking away from it was the things that she didn't realize she'd put in there. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that, writing and making movies is, like, art, and art yeah. always has a piece of you in it, and you need to realize that yeah. mm-hmm. that's where it comes from, is your own personal experiences. Yeah. And and at the same time that, and this is one of the hardest ones, is that once it's out of your hands, it's not yours anymore. Um, yeah, and yeah. and that's not to say like for a right, you know, because a lot of this movie is about her giving away the rights. But that's really that that as a writer, and you know, some people are going to disagree with me on this, but as a writer, once she puts it out there, she she's not allowed to go out and tell the audience that they got it wrong. She's not allowed to do like you can't it's tell theirs now. people how to interpret her, yeah. interpret art. And you know, you know Walt so, said so like that when she in that monologue, he yeah. said it's not it's not yours. Yeah, it's so especially early on when she's complaining about like, well, oh, you can't have the color red in it, and he was he's not allowed to have mustaches. And you're like, that that's why B.J. Novak scene is so good when he's like, does it matter? No, <laughs> it doesn't matter, and that that's what she's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's why you're rooting for her so much to to figure this out and sort of that. I do know a little background because um, the the Mary Poppins DVD talked about it that um, Walt Disney would tell her that say yeah no uh, we're not going to do that but after she approved the final script she didn't approve the filming of the movie oh. so th- the final script he's after that he says you know what she approved that script <laughs> we're going to make it our way now that's funny yeah uh, man. But it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. And you know what? My favorite Tom Hanks performance of the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Two, two, oh, yeah. Two choose from right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, but he's, the other one's great in Captain. The Phillips. other ones are yeah. really good performance. Well, I, yeah. I thought you meant those maybe four or five. Like the no. I know. I know. I yeah. I thought about it for a second too, yeah. but I was like, I now I see what you're oh. saying. Yeah. No, Cloud Atlas was last last year. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Wow, you remembered Cloud Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a bad movie. No, no, it's underrated, not. but it's it's not have the to see easiest it again. thing to watch. Hmm. We'll I mean, I don't. I'll, I don't have better to by see. Yeah, I don't have to see it again. I, mean, <laughs> I, I should see it again. I guess is a better word. Yeah, describe it. So yeah, definitely go out and see Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Uh, the second movie we saw this week, we actually, me and James saw it together. Brad saw it separately. Um, but we, we saw it. We went and saw Anchorman Two: The Legend Continues. Brad. Should people go see Anchorman too? Uh, I thought it was really funny, albeit disposable, but um, mm. I, I had a good time. James, I like the way you said that. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny, and I laughed the whole time. I, it's not as good as the first. At the one, end of the day, I'll, I'll never uh, watch it again. I will probably watch it again, but it's not like I'm. It's, it didn't resonate with me. I'm like, yeah, like I, I really love the first one. I think it's, I think it's hilarious, but I also yeah. think it's really smart. And the interesting thing well is written. the first Anchorman I, I saw, which. Um, I didn't like right away. Like oh, it was yeah. okay, and it's partly because the crowd at the Old Town Arvada, mm. which is where I saw it, at, completely like distracted me from it. Yeah. So uh, the second time I watched the first Anchorman, much better. So I wonder if I see Anchorman two again, it'll be like awesome. It, to me, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a movie that I th- I thought was really funny, but at a certain point, it just gets so silly that I don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Like does that make like and even though I was still laughing, I was just like, "This is just now you're just being silly, you know." I thought it was really funny. I think you should go see it. Um, it's just zany. Here, here's the I don't know what trailer you can use. I think there's like fifty of them, but yeah. Here, here's here's a trailer for Anchorman too. 
In the 70s, they were an elite unit. With names like Brick, Champ, Brian, and Ron, they rose like the Phoenix, and then they were gone. Their legend became but a whisper, told by the trees, until now. We're starting a 24-hour news channel, and we want you. I'm going to do the thing that God put Ron Burgundy on this earth to do. Have salon-quality hair and read the news. This just feels right. The news team is back. Welcome to the 80s, baby. Is that your foot between my legs? No. Oh. It was my hand. Your hair looks like wet popcorn. I like the parts of your face that are covered with skin. That's Jack Lime. Look at him. He's a prince. He's not that great. What'd you say? He said you're not that great. Frick. I don't read Jet Magazine or uh, Jerry Curl Daily. What are you doing? I'm breaking down the barriers of race by assimilation. And on that note, which one of you convicts with the longest record can pass me the mashed oh potatoes? My. Am I right? Say what? I think it's really fun because I, I think Will Ferrell is really comfortable <laughs> as Ron Burgundy. Um... And yeah. it's it's fun seeing it, and I think the jokes come so fast that there's a lot of just like yeah small jokes in the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those movies. Quick I think eggs. you're right, Brad. You're gonna have to watch it a few times to get everything they're hitting you with. Because I, I kind of disagree. Because I think the first one, it, this one, is actually really smart because it's actually playing a it's playing on the fact that how stupid it is at how much news we have now. See, I, here's the thing. I love that part of the movie. Yeah, that's, that's not what the end of the I movie I wish there is. was more of that yeah. in the movie. That's they, what I was missing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was trying the to get at. The satire of, like, it's a small part of the movie compared, like, the ratio of there's a plot with satire is, like, 20%, and yes. then where it's random gags is 80%. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and they literally jump the shark. <laughs> that's the thing. When... When they do a musical song about a shark, and, and you know, I'm, we're really getting into sort of the spoilers here, but once they get to the shark, it's all fucking nonsense from then on. You know, they they Whoa. turn a, they turn a movie. No, even the thing about him trying to get to his son's apartment, I don't started. give a shit about him and his son. Like, you've got this really cool story about him basically destroying news, which is a hilarious idea for a Ron Burgundy sequel. Like, yeah, the sequel to Anchorman should be one where he gets super famous on a show like that and destroys news in general. And, and like, modern uh, local news is birthed out of, like, his bullshit. Um, I love that idea. But I think that in a very, in a very, man, I need to come up with a name for this. I keep saying it. In a very Pirates of the Caribbean way. I don't think they knew what was really good about the first movie. And so they thought that Brick was what was really funny about the first one. So they just went zany as shit and and added way more Brick and but way more fucking all... songs about sharks. And it's funny. I think all those the corners dumps the files. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And it's it's all funny. See, here, here. Uh, disagree with this. This is Brick at his own funeral. We all love Brick. In six years of working at the station, he never cashed a paycheck. My sweet brick. He'll long be remembered and he'll be sorely missed. (sighs) Thank you, Reverend. 
Oh. Oh, come on! Oh. Rick was a great man. Really? When I got the news, <laughs> I didn't even know how to make sense out of it. None of us understand. Why? Why? Why did you take it from us? Brick? Brick is dead! No! Brick's alive! Brick is dead! Look at him! He's not dead! He's not dead, Brick. You're not dead. Brick, it's you! He's dead! No! no. You are Brick! Touch yourself! I am Brick! Yes! yes. Brick. I'm alive! Yes! yes. <laughs> of course! It's awesome. I, it's I, ridiculous, but... See, I think... I Again, I think... See... I'm going to get into really big spoilers here because I think you kind of yeah. missed a point, too. You said him going to his son thing. But remember the huge fight in Central Park is all about how we're oh. overstimulated with the constant news because all those guys are from different news channels. And yeah, uh, and I, Ford's a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in <That's> midday. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's a 20 minute sequence with like 15 different cameos. Uh, in Stonewall it. Jackson, the ghost of Stonewall yeah, Jackson. Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> Yes, it's it's all Brick really has a funny. Ray gun from the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you no. see? Uh, you know that I love credits. Did you see Liam Neeson's credit in that? Yeah. Is under Michael Neeson. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't go by his real name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Unless oh, his real name's Michael, I don't know. There was an end gag, right? Oh yeah, it's Brick under the table. Yeah, Brick under yeah. the table. Yeah, which is just. I, that's the <laughs> thing. It's all zany and funny and mm-hmm. and quote unquote great. I'm just saying that it. I don't love it the way that I loved. You know, like. It's sure. It's probably got more jokes per minute than a than a incredible Burt Wonderstone. But I I love that movie way more than this one. Champ has a chicken shack, but he <laughs> yeah. serves bats. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. That's maybe my favorite joke. <laughs> it's the chicken of the cave. That, yeah, chicken of the cave <laughs> is maybe my favorite of joke of the whole movie. Uh. So good. <laughs> but see, there's also that continuous joke of Champ trying to hug Ron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but then there's also like this long the you know the the RV flipping over sequence at the beginning. It's, it's just like is it when he gets burned by the grease? It's probably it's, spoiled because you saw it in the trailer. But no, there's also but the really the, funny part just, where uh, Steve Carell's really happy in the watch Steve Carell in the background. He's really happy, and Baxter is always like flying somewhere else in the background. That's funny. Yeah. I see. I appreciate humor like that. Uh, a lot of people don't, especially my wife. But. I, Brian Fantana is a cat photographer. Yeah, he's a cat photographer. <laughs> yeah, work it. <laughs> That's really funny I had a because great job as cat photographer. <laughs> yeah. You dragged me back into this. And how great was when he threw his uh, sex panther and shot it, and then the panther started <laughs> mauling people. I don't know. Sick panther it's, powers activate. And see the the Dobby. Uh, musical number was really funny but i still loved his little boy was bawling his eyes out when the shark was swimming away <laughs> it's just so ridiculous uh, oh man and uh uh i always want to call him scott summers but that's his character in <laughs> james marsden <laughs> yeah, james marsden yeah uh, yeah he's so good whenever they have like discussions far away from each other <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah what'd you say <laughs> yeah no that's <laughs> yeah that was good i'm checking away <laughs> Kanye uh, Kanye shows up yeah, and then yeah. here's the thing Kanye phones it in they don't make fun of Kanye enough like Jim Carrey Marion Cotillard or <laughs> yeah. the Canadian yeah. tons of people yeah. Will Smith yeah. Will Smith I don't know where that was probably expensive was it <laughs> what, what was the last movie he was in oh fuck After, <laughs> After Earth. Earth After Earth I think he still takes that. 20 million dollar paychecks though 
Oh, uh, I'm sure. Either he waived it or they didn't pay him. Yeah. Well, this movie only cost $50 million to make. So. Yeah, so unless half of that was Will Smith. Yeah. It, what? He was there for a day on a green screen, probably? <laughs> His shots weren't even very good. He definitely wasn't on set. Mm. Yeah. I had fun with it. He that's probably with his phone. They called him and we're like, "Hey, hold your phone up. We're gonna film your Anchorman scenes." Dorothy Mantooth is actually a huge whore. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what they were saying <coughs> this time around. <laughs> Why does Brick have a sparkler at the end? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just throws it. Yay, we won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, uh, ridiculousness. That's mm. why I love it. Um, it also has my favorite fuck in a PG-13 yeah. movie this year. Craig Kinnear's. Right. Oh, the fact that he actually can. like I, saw, <laughs> I was like, at the end of the movie, he's going to actually have those powers. I just know it. And it's so what I love, too, is it's the, the lines are so heavy-fisted. You know, when Greg Kinnear is using his mind, and, he's, and he says, I forget his character's name. He says, why are you helping me? He says, because I always knew you were a good man deep inside, and you you do something for your son. <laughs> what? Is it Gary, I think, is his name? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's really funny. It's another movie I'm gonna have to watch again, yeah. and I can't wait to own. It goes by so fast. Like I, I'm surprised I remember this many jokes. Yeah, and gags. And it, Harrison Ford was good in it when he called yeah. him up to his office and <laughs> was really creepy. And yeah, Harrison Ford's good. It's good he's not taking himself seriously. Best year of Harrison Ford performances since maybe a very long time. <laughs> well, he's gonna be in Expendables three. So really, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't see that teaser? I saw the of, teaser, of but like I saw like Mel Gibson and oh yeah, some Ford. Other people. Ford was over on the left. Ford. Ford. Mm-hmm. Wow. Should be fun. Should be. It should. I like be the Expendable fun. movies. I I know they're I'm, silly, but they're fun. Yes. I like the second one. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like it. I'm just saying it should be fun. There's a lot of people in that movie. If they if they if they ruin Harrison Ford the way they ruined Chuck Norris in the second one. Hunter Norris is awesome. Ah, he just show, he shows up in like one scene and walks through the street. No, he doesn't. He also shoots a dude with a gun and pushes him through a metal detector at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Because when the metal detector goes off because he's full of full bullets. I'm just yeah. saying I wanted a Chuck Norris movie. I wanted sidekicks too. That's really? what I wanted. Do you really want a Chuck Norris movie? No... I, I really want ch- sidekicks too. I loved sidekicks too. Sidekicks when I was There's no good. Jonathan Brandis, so they can't make sidekicks too. Why? Is he dead? Yeah. Oh. Killed himself. <gasps> And let's end on that one. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, you just I really your childhood, did, bro. I really did love Sidekick when I was a kid. That's horrible. You probably liked Sequest too, didn't you? I did really like Sequest, yeah. <laughs> Man, Son that's true. Bitch. Why'd he kill himself? Because he's on Sequest. <laughs> 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 Which is a Steven Spielberg production. No, oh, yeah, right. it's like Roy Scheider, who is no. also dead. Didn't kill himself. No, Roy Scheider's awesome. It's a Sequest curse. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody needs to warn. No, really, name any that dolphin, the dolphin from Sequest. <laughs> yeah, the dolphin. <laughs> Smug ass dolphin. Actually, I, I hear that dolphin killed some killed the trainer <laughs> on the set of Sequest. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's how Roy Scheider died. He's killed no, by the dolphin on Sequest. No, he died fighting a shark. We all know that. It's like a Family Guy gag. <laughs> Actually, the years like years makes later, makes news for Jonathan Brandis and then poisons Roy Scheider. Yeah, years later, the dolphin came and found Roy Scheider in his sleep. I got the new Family Guy, and there's a. Have you seen the one where they hike up Mount Everest? Yeah. <laughs> Peter barfs, and his barf freezes. <laughs> hey Brian, you Brian, you want a barf sickle? Yeah, I'll take a barf sickle. <laughs> All 
Are you laughing at Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> My wife is laughing at Family Guy. Oh. And before we, before I left, I watched the 200th episode where time's going backwards, which is really creative, yeah. animation wise. But where uh, <laughs> the epicat gag? Yeah, where they're reverse. Yeah, they're throwing up, and Brian's like, "Oh my god, all this bomb is gonna make me throw up." Whereas Stewie, and he throws up, and it goes out of his mouth, and it reverses back in. <laughs> it's great. And they, at the end of the thing, they walk out of the house like, "We just ate so much vomit." <laughs> yes. uh, uh, I like mo- the gag where it's a cutaway, and uh, or Lois before the cutaway says like. You don't know your ass from a hole in the ground, and then it cuts to Peter like walking across like a forest, and there's a huge <laughs> hole in the ground. And he goes, just looks at it, and goes like, "My ass? <laughs> <laughs> Is that my ass?" There's that uh, uh, cutaway where it's like uh, clean me crippled on Joe's back of his car oh, yeah. and so it goes from her first and it's lois and then she goes to her her, her garbage and it says something about their trash being close yeah. to the driveway it's so uh, oh, family guy yep it's freaking sweet that made my day my wife li- laughed at a family guy <laughs> joke i think if she wa- watch it she'd like it <coughs> uh next week we're seeing the wolf of wall street hopefully yeah. we can see that early in the day because it's three fucking hours long oh my god mm. Ugh. And then uh, the following week we'll be doing Film Explosion. Yeah, send in your top ten lists votes for top yeah, for best movie, top five lists, your worst top movie, ten sandwiches lists. Uh, That'd be your, sweet. Top ten movies you wish came out this year, but actually came out in nineteen ninety six. Top ten dumps you've taken. <laughs> send that in. Pictures ten, preferably. <laughs> ten of the top ten books you've never read yeah. with corn. Yeah. Top ten meals you've had this week. Top ten reasons why your your girlfriend is a bitch. <laughs> Take those two. Top, uh, top ten reasons why you're fat. Number one. Period. Period. <laughs> period. Period. Nagging. Period. Wait, wait, wait. Shopping. I don't, I don't get it. Were the first four there just blank sentences with a period at the end? No. Because um, you couldn't think of numbers. It's when they reasons? bleed out of their vagina. They do what? Yep, it's gross. All right, let's go home. Yeah, make sure that that's gross. For animals, it's called spotting. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Science. (laughs) Science. It's science, guys. Oh, we can't end. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover, and also Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.